This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. Have you had a chance to go pick up a copy of Warren's A Collection of Human Works CD, limited to 100 copies? I definitely love the color scheme for the artwork. It's super awesome, so do yourself a favor and grab a copy before it's too late. This Friday, Doubt Surrounds All by Shackled will be up streaming everywhere. If you haven't had a chance to go pre-order yourself a copy of the vinyl, please head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and do that. There's two versions, Smoke Red and just Black. So do yourself a favor and grab one before it's too late. And I'm seriously so pumped for that record. Uh, here's a little spoiler alert. Uh, tomorrow dropping an episode with dylan and jake from shackled we break down the record from front to back there's a lot of lore that is spoken about from riffs to origins of lyrics it's super fucking awesome so please look forward to that dropping tomorrow but please if you're not following from within records on social media go boot up your twitter your instagram and click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news and like i always say please support from within records because they support us on today's episode we tracked down our good friend tyler short it felt like it had been ages since we had spoken but it only been uh, a few months since we did the last uh, mcu podcast which I, I think it's fair to say well, we really don't have a proper tile for what we do we just uh, like to get together and discuss our opinions on the latest uh, marvel cinematic universe films and whoa we we actually spoke for a really long time you, you can tell if you look down at uh the length of this episode we uh we broke down eternals uh based off this list that tyler had which i was actually very thankful that that, that he did and i was really surprised that he had this really strong conviction and um wrote down uh you know these different categories and it, it, was, it was really fun for me to to just kind of follow along and uh hear his perspective uh we, we saw eye to eye on a bunch of things um it was actually really fun and really awesome uh spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie uh and if you care enough uh, you should probably go watch it before you listen to this because we uh break down pretty much every aspect of the movie we also cover the post-credit scenes and how we felt about that uh, so if you have seen the movie please proceed if you haven't and you're uh afraid of spoilers just uh skip to the very end Th there's some talk about music uh maybe that can hold you over until you go watch the film but it was such a pleasure for me i i, I love tyler it's uh, so awesome and so much fun that i get to do this with him uh, anytime a new mcu movie comes out so i'm uh, eternally grateful to have uh, figured out that he likes this stuff as much as i do so this is really fun so strap in enjoy this conversation and without further ado welcome tyler short to the show podcast tyler how's it going what's up bro uh well you know we're obviously here to talk about eternals and i'm i'm really curious how this conversation is going to go because i had 
uh, obviously let you know that I was, uh, you know, going to the theater to, to watch it, but I didn't want to uh, give you my initial thoughts through text. I, I really wanted to wait. We have here. no idea what each other thinks about. Yeah. This movie right now. So, um, so do you want me to start or do you want to go first? I want you to start. Okay. And so initially, I, I didn't have like a general interest in the movie because I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking like big picture, right? I'm like, okay where where are we moving um in terms of like the, the the story for the entire universe right so i'm like okay they're bringing out the eternals which to me seemed a little little out there for the current state of the mcu right because not any big name superheroes no, the, the, the the eternals none of them are household names right so yeah i was like okay this is an interesting move so i i, I go watch the movie with zero expectations I, I didn't watch any trailers i'm like okay let's just go figure this out so I, I sit down and I just thought it was okay. Like, I didn't think it was like horrible. I didn't think it was like mind blowing. Uh, but, you know, I, I was sitting in the theater and right up until the second post credit scenes, I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, I guess that was worth it just because uh, it, you know, there's like some new characters that get introduced. And also, like, we'll get to that at some point. But I, when I walked out of the theater, I was just like, huh. I was like, okay. I was like, it, and I still feel this way. It was, in my opinion, okay. And I still think that the universe would be fine if they never had done this movie. Because like, because we're not really sure what the fallout's going to be from the events of the Eternals. Uh, and there's even talks of maybe not even really acknowledging a whole lot of it afterwards because it you know is getting really uh, not so good reviews. But I'm in the camp of it being okay, not my most favorite movie. I'd be okay without it. You're being more charitable than I am going to be about this. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's so fucking crazy. Like, we, uh, my Jim Barron, he, uh, he called, he FaceTimed me and Ashton. I can't remember if it was last night or two nights ago. And we talked about it. And it was legitimately a complete role reversal from the way we were when we talked about Black Pan or Black Widow where Jim was like, I could have gone without it with Black Widow. And I was like, no, dude, like, I, I, I really liked it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm being my, my super normal, positive self. And fuck, dude, like, Jim was like, you know, I thought it was fine. And I was like, bro, I think it's the worst Marvel movie. Wow. That's okay. So, and, you know, I had said that and somebody had uh, asked me, hold on, excuse me. And they even asked if it was if I thought it was worse than Thor two, and I think it is. Oh wow! Okay, so that bad. Yeah, I so so this this Marvel movie bummed me out to such a degree. I so so I don't think the worst the worst comic book movie I've seen in recent time that just got worse the longer at what the longer from the time seeing it to now that I just continue to poke more holes in and have more of an issue with. And even like, like I have like a moral issue with uh, wonder woman, 1984 mm. is the last comic book movie that I remember bothering me as much as Eternals has bothered me. And, but wonder woman, 1984 bothered me, you know, in a different way than the way Eternals has bothered me because Eternals, I think just was not a, like wonder woman was a bad movie. Mm -hmm. And Eternals just wasn't a good movie. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I can like, agree. Like, 
it, it was such a mess. Like, dude, legitimately, like, so when we, when we've done this the last, the last couple of times, um, cause we only done this twice for black widow and Shang-Chi. Yeah. So the last couple of times we've done this, I've just kind of relied on, you know, we're just going to go through it chronologically and we'll just talk about whatever comes to mind. I made a fucking list. Oh, wow. I have no <laughs> I list. A, I made a fucking list. I was like, I want to make sure we fucking talk about some of this shit. And it's, it goes good. Okay. Almost. And bad. Those were the, the, the different, mm-hmm. like there's the few good things I liked about it. A couple things I thought were Okay. There were some things that I thought were almost good. Okay. And then there is so much I thought was just absolutely bad. And I cannot believe I'm being a hater because I'm never a hater. Yeah, no, this is surprising. I, I, it's I'm... so surprising. I feel like I'm having like a conflict of character right now because this movie's fucked me up so bad. Okay. Well, okay. So since you have this list and I want to get through all, um, you know, from the good to the, you know, okay. I, I, I want to let you kind of uh, steer us uh, in this conversation. So I, I want to follow what you have so we can make sure okay. to cover everything. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll start it off with the beginning of the movie. Okay. The opening word, the opening words. It wasn't a crawl. It wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, you know, a Terminator uh, type out. It wasn't like a, like a Lord of the Rings fucking like, like scroll or anything. It was just print flat on a fucking page. Mm-hmm. And it, it immediately, I was like, I was like, okay, so I'm reading these names and I'm finding out about some of these characters through this. I'm, I'm, I'm finding out about Arishem and I'm finding out about Ajax. And then I spent 15 fucking minutes trying to figure out who the fuck Ajax was because they never really immediately addressed it. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, a new hope princess Leia aboard the fucking Tanif fucking four, blah, 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 blah. You fucking see her. They don't have to tell you, you know, it's fucking princess Leia. You can just assume that's fucking princess Leia. I spent the first, if I didn't know Rob Stark was Icarus, mm-hmm immediately into the movie i know i would have assumed rob stark was and i'm saying rob stark richard madden um but i would have immediately assumed he was ajax because he seems to be the leader yeah and then but without that knowledge i assumed it was fucking angelina jolie's character because she's such a big actress right you didn't think she'd kind of take big actress yeah. and because she's such a commanding she was taking like a commanding force on the in the fight and whatnot and I will say, like, some of that opening action was cool. I remember Ashton, dude, Ashton made a joke immediately into the movie um, when the, that fisherman's on the on the, oh, the shore mm-hmm. and he gets straight up smoked. And then before it can get to the kid, just laser beam straight into the water. Uh, Ashton goes, couldn't have showed up two seconds early. That, <laughs> Save that, kid's that was my initial thought, because it's not like they showed up like a little bit later. They were they were definitely yeah. there. Yeah, they were there. They just didn't save that fucking dude. Um, but like, so, so like some of that action, like I thought the deviants looked cool. I know there's like I've, I've talked to friends who are like actual Eternals fans, and they've said like, well, that's not how the deviants are at all. And blah blah blah. And had issues, whatever. Fucking, you know, I don't. If there's there's way more issues to have with this movie mm-hmm. than how the fucking deviants were. Thought they looked cool. They're scary looking. Um, 
the fighting though, like it really seemed pretty low stakes. It didn't seem like the deviants really had any sort of chance against the Eternals. Um, it seemed like they were rolling through them. But um, but back to the opening words and not finding out who the fuck Ajax was for a while. That's Selma Hayek's character. Um, in that opening words, and this is going to jump far into the movie right now, but it says it from from memory. I even tried to look up to like like try to like get an idea of exactly what that was, and nobody's nobody's transcribed it yet. I guess for uh, for the internet, or I saw like I think somebody had posted it and they got taken down because Disney's insane. Um, but it's like you know explaining the you know, the Eternals were like you know like they given this mission from Arishem, the the celestial to you know go and help uh you know fucking i mean like help uh god what's the fucking word uh civilizer go help civilizer help destroy these deviants mm-hmm. blah 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 but on the mission ajak like has a change of heart or like changes or changes their mind or like something like something along those lines that tells you that ajak has like a, a like a conflict with the mission Mm-hmm. And then an hour and a half later, you find out what that conflict was. Why the fuck did they tell you that in the opening words? I'm not sure where or how they're trying to tell this story. So, I mean, fucking there's the quote. That's 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 printed on the fucking cover of the movie. Now, I'm not sure how they were trying to tell this story. Jamie, like, <laughs> like, like fucking like what the fuck dude so like i like read that and i was like hmm, i guess in the first few minutes you're gonna find out like what the conflict is with the mission mm-hmm. nope yeah, you're yeah. waiting over an hour for that i'm and i don't know if it's just me but i okay so like there's uh you know the this like celestial um Arishim, and you know some sort of like you know a godly figure and you know he's commanding his his people to do this mission and what I, I don't know if it's just uh, with me, but w- when I kind of saw that, I was like, okay, this just automatically seems fishy. Like, what makes these people so special? And, like, why are they so obedient to this? Uh, you know, obviously, like, you, you know, uh, he created them, whatever. But I was like, I was like, you always, there's always going to be some, uh, somebody who's going to want to rebel and uh, they're going to have a, a, a change of heart and, and you know, that, t- uh, you know, typical scenario. So I was just kind of waiting for uh, something to get revealed. And obviously, when, uh, th- some of the the Eternals have a change of heart, um, and there obviously there's like the internal conflict uh, about the mission. I'm like, okay, I guess that's where uh, this like twist is supposed to happen, right? Because you find out that they're not actually like trying to do good for the humans. They're actually like you know being harvested to create the next celestial, which was uh, the one for, for Earth was like the Tiamat. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. So I was like, I guess like I that's like supposed to be like a cool twist, but I just wasn't like so caught off guard by it when it happened i was like oh i was like okay cool this is i guess this is the point of the movie okay well so i'm gonna jump to another part of the the almost okay the almost section of the list because you just brought it up the concept of the movie Mm -hmm. was interesting it's a cool concept the fact that like uh like the fact that you know, these like there's hostile environments and these celestials have seeded these planets, but it requires like sentient, like, like intelligent life forms in order like their energy to be harvested to make a celestial may, you know, I guess, I guess this makes sense. If this is what you're telling me, this tracks and I can, I can understand this. Mm -hmm. Um, So you send these monsters to like 
you know, these apex predators to, you know, destroy any of the things that would prevent intelligent life from emerging. But then those apex predators start smoking the intelligent life as well. So you create, but there is a big conflict here, which is, so did he seed all these planets and then send the deviants all at once? Or was he like seeding every now and then? Did he never decide to like maybe make a less fucking dangerous deviant that like isn't going to just start murdering the people once they exist? Like, wouldn't you think you'd just try to, but, but regardless, whatever, mm-hmm. if we're going to, if we're going to, I'm not going to poke holes in that, in that idea. Okay. I'm going to stay on the concept that I thought was cool. And that is, and it was really neat because I even like the concept in the, in the um from the like the social perspective of all these libertarian dickweeds who uh like you know bill gates psychos who are like you know thanos is right overpopulation is an issue blah 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 you know it really turned that that whole like point that like you know i saw so many fucking assholes saying shit like that all those thanos is right motherfuckers it's really turned that on ahead and changed it to a no everybody deserves to live on this planet and everyone shouldn't be wiped out just for the sake of something else. Like, Mm -hmm. like everybody should live and everybody has a right to life. Um, which, uh, which I, I thought that was cool. I thought that was a a neat, a neat mirror of the, the Thanos idea of wiping out, you know, half the universe or whatever. And even like the, like how that affected the story where like, I guess the emergence was coming, but mm-hmm. then it got put on hold because half the population disappeared. And even like the change of heart that Ajax had for like seeing humans, you know, just endeavor and, you know, keep going and, and build something up and like, and really, really like stay in it, um, ch- you know, changed her idea that, you know, though this absolutely shouldn't happen now. Like we should find a way to stop this. And then that ended up getting her, her, uh, her smoked. Um, which I guess on that, on that, so let's go through the characters. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and do you want to just go through the, like, just like the main group of the Eternals first? Yes. Let's go through the Eternals and how we feel about them. Okay. Let's start with, uh, Thena. Cause I'm, I'm, I was a little surprised cause like, like we mentioned earlier, Angelina Jolie, um, you know, big time actress. I was surprised it like, how she was she was always like a part of the team but she wasn't like a leader or anything i'm like oh cool like i'm surprised someone with uh, of her status was willing to even take that kind of role and not have like an ego and want to be the leader or have more like speaking parts um but uh i i thought um her character was uh pretty awesome i i enjoyed her a, a lot um obviously she had to deal with uh the the, the mad weary uh you know the, the weight of all the memories and you know the ptsd was, yeah i i thought that was like when she was going when she went um you know uh, was uh, dealing with the Mandalorian for the first time and like you know was like attacking everybody i was like oh this is crazy i, I thought that was like probably like, one of my more favorite scenes of the whole movie just to see them actually fight each other so i liked Dina. Mm-hmm. i liked that concept okay of the mad weary of that that ptsd of trying to reckon with what you've been doing and that coming out as a like also I liked that it was that it was a term for it because Eternals turned on each other. Mm-hmm. Like because they would start to remember the things that they had done. 
And the move was just to erase their memory, yeah. not to try to find out why, because if they found out why, then they might change their mind on the mission. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and I so I really liked all that. I really liked that that idea of what that was and what that did. And I thought her character was badass, even though I have seen like a screenshot of like somebody like pointing out like, look, you see, like she's not even hold like she it doesn't even she's obviously not even holding a prop like when she's doing her like you know fighting or whatever mm-hmm. like i guess because they they cgi'd those things into her hands yeah there's like a point where like her hand isn't even in the right position or something which that's your fucking issue yeah you're just fucking, nitpicking i think nitpicking yeah okay have fun have fun dying alone like mm-hmm. like straight up like if that's if that's if that's your issue with the movie that's your issue with Dina, then you're fucking you're you are pathetic because there's a way fucking bigger issue to have with Dina. And that is actually the the reason why I actually don't like the movie is regarding Thena. It's oh, wow. something Thena does in the movie because it doesn't it does nothing for her fucking character. The movie does nothing for her fucking character except show that this person is fucked up from what they're doing mm-hmm. and there is literally nothing they can do about it and it doesn't benefit them at all to even exist can moving forward because they are going to like, they are not going to be able to grapple or cope with this. And the solution, and this is me getting in my, like in my, um, my working class bag over this. Um, the thing that the movie should have done, which would have made it at least having a, a pretty solid point. Mm-hmm. And I talked to, uh, and I talked in, and, and it also pisses me off. So I talked to my friend at work today about it and she's a huge Eternals fan. She like grew up on Jack Kirby Eternals and, um, and she was like, Oh, well that would never work. And she's one of those, you know, like she's a, she's a hater. She actually liked the Eternals to my surprise um, because she's a complete hater. But I think it's because she was, she's blinded by the fact that she's seeing these characters that she cared a lot about. That she never thought she'd see on screen mm-hmm. on screen. And she's not actually capable of being critical, even though when I explained to her, this narratively would have been a smart decision because it would have had a better message for what this movie is. And instead they disregarded that. And Thena fucking smoked that final deviant. They find out that them and the deviants are of a similar class Mm -hmm. they are both serfs to the celestials they've been pitted against each other in this in this fight and it there is a point where this deviant has become sentient it is intelligent it is aware it has these memories because it's in and also it's funny that my my friend at work had an issue with this because they've already changed the deviants because the deviants couldn't absorb powers Mm-hmm. So they've already done that. They've already they've already fucked them up and made them so they can absorb powers. But this to her would be fucking it up even worse. But I'm like, but that would have actually been a good movie if Thena, knowing what she knows because of the Mad Weary and because she is aware of how how this fucks with you to do this to to destroy planets in in, in millions, billions, of, trillions of lives for the you know for the servitude of these celestial beings who, who fucking knows if they're even worth birthing. 
Mm-hmm. They've been around forever. There's we we don't say a lot of words that were around forever because we now know they're not they shouldn't be said. We don't put leeches on our skin for medicine because we know that's not what we do anymore. So maybe we don't birth celestials anymore. Maybe that's not worth it. Maybe we can find a common cause with this mortal enemy that we've been fighting for thousands of years. Because right now we can talk to this one and we can maybe reason with it and we can work together to stop this thing and actually get back at the oppressor, at the master. But instead, she smokes it, done, thread over, character doesn't develop. And now I'm curious, would you would obviously you would have wanted her to try to have this conversation before the battle, right? Because and or even then. Or even then, just have a moment where you say, why are we fighting? Mm-hmm. Why are we fighting? And uh, right now, one of one of my friends is trying to, to make this still happen. Mm-hmm. The whole reason we're here, the whole reason we wiped out your race, you're the last one, is about to happen. In one of ours, we can't stop him. From from stopping from stopping us from from making this happen. Well, do you remember that that one point in that uh, battle where the deviant shows up and attacks Icarus, right? So it's like everybody's fighting Icarus. The deviant shows up, you know, hits Icarus. Like I'm pretty sure it hit him out of the air, and then they start attacking the deviant. And I'm like, dude, that that was the time where they should have just teamed up and took out the common enemy, not, uh, you know, not make it a like an all out war. I was fucking furious that was that was legitimately like i I was pretty much i was like i was like there's tons of shit wrong with this movie and then that happened and i was like fuck this movie this just blew it blew the only the only real message the movie could have had which is that we are not that different when we are all serving a master true yeah that's and And that's and yeah, and, and that's like actively putting us against each other, right? It's like we're like crabs in a bucket yeah. type situation. Like they didn't even take the card out of the deck. They burned it in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Like there it was. That was their ace. That was their ace in the hole where they could have at least done something and made a point with the movie. And instead they fucking burned it and she fucking slashed them up. And we got to see, you know, like an alien's face slide apart. And I was like, wasn't even uh, I, the most unsatisfied that was not a satisfactory villain death because it wasn't the fucking villain yeah i honestly was hoping that athena was gonna get got and we're gonna see him evolve again and have like a more epic battle but uh, and or even a more a more deeper a, even a deeper understanding mm-hmm. of everything because it would have gotten her mad weary too that it is, would have caught her memories more. That is it true. It would have seen the other worlds. I didn't think about that one. Yeah, because because nobody else has suffered from Mad Weary, so you have to assume either they haven't gotten to that point or they've already been wiped. So that's why they're not suffering from what she's going through. Yeah. I, yeah. See, I, I didn't get that deep about that. Now, now that you're mentioning that, yeah, that would have been really interesting to see what would have happened if she would have got absorbed. It would have been interesting. Um, so, well, now that we've gotten through those two things the almost category of the list is empty okay wait, that was I'm, everything that that was everything that was almost 
uh but before that you were asking about um uh uh going through the the actual uh, group of characters and we only touched yeah. on on Thena um the... I know she was the only character in the almost okay um now I I want to talk about uh Icarus cuz like I think from that that scene where he uh, uh well I, I assume he just watched the dad you know get eaten by the deviant I I just always was like for that from that point I was like I think there's something suspicious about this guy and, and the fact that he has eye lasers um it just reminded me of I mean, have you had a chance to watch uh the boys yet Ashton Ashton kept saying like I just I just kept I just kept watching him and seeing Homelander <laughs> yeah so so yeah so that that's what um and obviously like, he's not the only superhero to have eye lasers but for some reason I was like this is giving me like serious Homelander vibes let me just yeah. keep an eye on him and then sure enough right um he like like probably like, you know halfway through the movie or like a little bit past halfway he reveals that he killed um ajak and you're like wow this guy's a real scumbag like he is so obedient to the celestials um and he can't think for himself uh he he, he was a real problem so so if we're gonna do icarus we may as well do cersei as well oh, my favorite um, okay and and cover 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 a lot of this okay so so Icarus going in, going into the movie when, when like the first, like, ha- like half or so, um, I really appreciated the way Richard Madden was playing like an, like an other than human character. Like the emotions were off. Like I thought like with his acting, because I thought like a lot of it was acted pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like the acting wasn't any of the issues I had with it. And I liked the cast. Yeah, great cast. Like for the most part, I really liked the cast, and I and I liked and I liked. There was acting I didn't like, um, but a lot of it was like related to like I think like the the story made the actors do things that like I didn't think right? either. I thought didn't make sense or was like lacking in like the emotion that they were like tr- thought they were conveying. I think but weren't because the the dialogue or the story wasn't wasn't but i really really appreciated the way richard madden played icarus um like going into it and even all the way till uh he fucking yeeted himself into the sun i uh like because i even understood then like well i thought he was just gonna fuck off Mm -hmm, same here i thought he was just gonna fuck off like some superman return shit where he was just gonna go off and just see yeah, just like he did and after they, he killed Jade, um, Ajax, remember? Yeah. Yeah, like, or, I or, he was just gonna, yeah, just that he's gonna go mind his own yeah. business, leave everybody alone. Yeah, I thought he was just gonna fuck off, and then he fucking just burned his his fucking shit. Um, but I even understood. I was like, holy shit! Like this guy, like, and this was like in an actual moment where I was like, I was like, damn, like I understand, like what he's like. I can I can see what he's going through. I can see where he's been on this mission, and he at all costs. Mm-hmm. And his character might have been one of the only other characters that really had any growth um, because of this. But it unfortunately, the growth didn't happen gradually. It happened abruptly at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, on this fucking mission, you know, at a, at, for all costs, whatever, no matter what, no matter what anybody thinks, no matter whether the leader changes their mind, I'm just going to fucking kill her. And then you know, keep moving along as business is huge, you know, we're waiting for the next mission, you know, serve Irishman, whatever, you know, good fucking Nazi foot soldier. Um, uh, but then to, when it comes down to it, it's either, you know, kill the only, the only thing he's ever loved 
which is Cersei, mm-hmm. to do it, he fucking can't do it. He which tried. means he can't do. He, he's a try. Which means he can't do the only thing that he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And now he's in this like moment of turmoil where he's fucked up. He, like, like he had one job. Yeah, they all did. They all did. But like he was literally like he's the dude who like the you ha- you had one job he fucked it up but instead of just you know saying ah you know whatever I'll try again the next time he fucking yeeted himself into the sun, um, uh, and had like a kind of an, a really aggressive cry before he did it too. Oh man! Um, well, you gotta think about that moment uh, when they're on uh, Tiamat and he you see his eyes light up like he's gonna laser uh, Cersei. I was just like, "Oh shit, this is about to have a like, dark turn," and then he's and then he, he obviously like uh, is like holding back and he doesn't do it. And then I, I thought it was going to be one of those fake outs where like you know he, like he he doesn't do it, but then he actually does do it. But then when you see that that like emotion from him, you're just like, "Oh wow, this this guy is definitely so fucked up." Because yeah, because he, he he's like uh, having that that internal battle, like the. The, the missions failed like and I, for some reason I, I'm surprised that he didn't even want to try to talk to um, you know or, or see what would happen to them uh, for not doing the mission he was automatically like okay cool we failed I couldn't do it I'm I'm nothing so he just goes to the sun that that was something that, that was really interesting to me because he saw everybody else just hanging out and like nobody else was like, all right, we're going to die. We're going to have to battle the celestials or anything. He was, uh, and maybe he felt a little embarrassed, right? Cause he was the one, right. He had, uh, you know, his flag in the ground, like, no, like we're, we're going to do this. Like the emergency is going to happen. Like I'm fighting to, to make it happen. And when he found out that he was, uh, you know, wrong and couldn't do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just like the embarrassment. He didn't want to stick around, even though he knew them all well, for so that's long. That's the thing is we're, we're, we're here wondering, what that feeling was mm-hmm. like to me that feeling was just you had one job you couldn't fucking do it and now he doesn't know who he is anymore so he may as well not be and you're thinking like embarrassment or whatever but the movie just kind of moves on so fast from it that yeah. you don't really get any like yeah, he, he doesn't even have any like you know like a, a self monologue or anything he's just to the sun and like and to me, and I even couldn't remember, like, because there was so the 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 moments of like the way the just how chaotically everything was put together. Like, I couldn't even remember if he apologized. No. I couldn't remember if Sprite apologized. Ooh, hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll save, save the Sprite talk. Cause I, that, yeah, that's... no, we'll save the Sprite talk. <laughs> but, but I'm saying, but it moved so fast that I couldn't mm. even remember if, like, there was even any reconciliation. I felt like no reconciliation no. from the movie for anything. Um, but yeah, so, so fucking Icarus, there it is. Um, I thought, I thought Richard Madden did an, oh, did a decent enough job acting it through, for the most part, but his character did almost fucking no growth through the movie yeah. um, stayed the fucking course all the way through, which I mean, I guess for a villain that kind of works. Yeah. Villains don't typically need to develop. And then he had his moment at the end where, you know, there it is. But uh, dude, fucking Cersei, man. She's a, little bit, she, she was a little bit confusing, right? Because obviously uh, the, the, the new leader after Ajax uh, went away and um, there was, there's this one point, um, well, obviously, I, I thought it was interesting that she uh, 
got this new lover, right? Jon Snow, Kit Harrington, whatever you want to call him. And, uh, and, and also there was like that, that scene where she gives him the ring. And that's the kind of like moment where you realize like, okay, he, um, that's the symbol for the black knight, right? Black knight, yeah. yeah. So you're like, oh shit. So he's actually a superhero yet. Um, and they don't know that each other like has these like, you know, powers or whatever. Right. So I'm like, okay. I, I thought it was interesting that she was able to, to let someone who wasn't an eternal that close to her. Right. Cause obviously, you know, he kept mm-hmm. asking her like, Oh, like let's move in together. But obviously she was, uh, you know, keeping at a distance So that, that was pretty interesting. But like, her, I feel like they kind of left things open ended for Cersei because there was that one scene where she was fighting the deviant. Right. And she transformed it to a tree and they didn't, or she didn't think that she could do that to, um, to, well, I can't think of the term to like sentient beings. Right. Yeah. Um, and they like, like it, like it happened, and then they talk about it one time after that, but then that's it. You never really. She doesn't even try it on anybody else, and I'm just like, what was the point of that? So that that was really confusing to me. But I, I mean, I guess to show you that she could turn the like, but it's a big jump from turning a deviant into a tree and turning a fucking celestial into marble. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess with the the unimind or whatever, which I like, my friend at work was like explaining to me the unimind or whatever. And I, I, me and Ashton were both like, that is a dumb name for that. When, when Kamel Nanjani suggests the brainstorm, mm-hmm. we were both like, that's a better name. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds intense. Name. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but like, I guess the Unimind made her strong enough to be able to do that. But it's like, you know, I mean, I guess, and also like, she didn't like immediately succeed at it. She was starting to do it and it stopped mm-hmm. and, and it was, had to, um, then had to go again. But, but it also left me questioning, like, so obviously did her powers evolve and do the other eternals have that ability as well because now i'm thinking like okay like my, my favorite one uh druig i was like okay like i could he evolve his his mind control uh you know could he do more crazy stuff uh and control like you know maybe like a, a bigger population or a bigger area of people than what he could mm-hmm. at that moment so i don't know I, like just that one thing just left like this door open and and it's, it's just really confusing you know but yeah so well, back back to Cersei. Okay. Hold off on Druid for now and Sprite. Um, Cersei, they take this time. They show you that she's really like a you know a woman of the people. Like she loves the people. Mm-hmm. She's doing all these things. She's totally fine with. Like you don't see the other ones like work in the fields or like no. you know helping with the chores or whatever. And Cersei's like totally chill with doing that, which you know means she's just this this sweet nice you know warm person who just really cares about the people and then the whole movie happens and nothing changes with her she wants to stop the world from being destroyed mm-hmm. obviously she cares the most about people than ev- than everyone maybe you know sans druig and faustus care a little bit too but Cersei obviously cared the most about the people and what happened and what would happen to them in, in their in their actual lives. And they develop that and in, in, in kind of show you her growth towards that and like how she builds this, like builds herself into this person in like the first 30 or 40 minutes. And then she just is the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I I have her in the bag category because it just didn't wasn't interesting the only thing that changes with her is her powers 
a little bit. Yeah, slightly. There's no, there's no focus on her though. Yeah. Because there's so many other people who have to get their their shine that her character just gets developed here at the beginning, and then just she's there. You know, we developed her. We did it over here. We're gonna keep showing you flashbacks throughout time and and kind of explain this love story, which now that we've talked about Icarus and Cersei, can we talk about how unnecessary this fucking love story was? Uh, and love scene. Yeah. It, when I, I, I was like, oh, um, well, leading up there, like, yeah, the first, you know, sex scene in a Marvel movie, I was like, okay, I, I'm thinking like we're getting like Daredevil, Marvel, Netflix, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get, you know, pretty nasty, but their their whole thing would last like maybe like 10 seconds five seconds and like it's, it's just like kissing but then just shoulders yeah it's nothing crazy so I, it's I, just I, shoulders on the boulders like fuck off dude. I, I, you just, know, I was thinking the whole time like why are they on like this service this? i was like it, it looked uncomfortable so i'm like this is weird it did it looked very awkward like because also i i think we're watching their first time yeah yeah because like their first time both of them. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Nobody wants to see somebody <laughs> lose their fucking virginity. No. Especially nobody wants to see some fucking 4,000-year-old virgins lose their fucking virginity. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, like, it was it was so unnecessary. It was so awkward. Like, it was the first sex scene I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. In, like, in, in that's including, like, vulgar sex scenes where I was like, like i like felt like i needed to look away like i was like in intruding on a private moment Mm -hmm. like i felt creepy watching this happen in this movie like it didn't feel right and just the fucking it's just the laziest there's two fucking moments in the there's so there's there's the sex scene there's their marriage which is arguably kind of sweet like they're getting married in front of happened too fast all their buds, yeah, but I mean that's the whole thing in the movie. All the for a two and a half hour movie, everything happened too fast. Um, but you see them get married. You you know you see a little bit of that like of that. Um, you see them falling in love. Mm-hmm. You see them falling in love. You see them their shoulders bone for ten seconds, and then you see them get married, and then that's it. You don't see him leave no yeah they, they never really like they talk about that little part of their relationship but they never really show how it went down the movie was two and a half hours long you could have taken a three more minutes and showed when she realizes that icarus is gone yeah and yeah. her being and maybe her being lost throughout the years mm-hmm. until maybe she meets another guy and then opens herself up again and then now all of a sudden him coming back into her life actually has a real, a real, like some weight. Like there's to a it. real, yeah, yeah, there's a real weight. There's a real force that's butting up against now where this bitch closed herself off because of, you know, losing her one love. And then finally, when she was like, man, maybe with this fucking guy who's gorgeous, you know, I can, I can, I can love again. And then instead we don't get any of that even retroactively which the whole movie was retroactive yeah that was weird like it just kept being retroactive like dude like the way the, the movie was a mess the the just the whole way they organized it it felt like they had a movie and then they shuffled the pages 
Yeah, because we kept and going. We're just like, yeah, because we, we also kept seeing these like you know key moments in uh, you know history, and then it would go to present day, then back to this key moment in history, and it, it would it, it was it was kind of like okay, like they're setting up these moments, then going back and showing us why this is going on, and I'm like. I feel like it would have flowed better if they would have just maybe did like all the stuff from the past and build up to the present day. I get that they were trying to like connect it to the modern day, mm-hmm. which means connecting it to the Marvel, the MCU, which they only did with like three lines in the whole movie, um, which is a whole other fucking thing. Mm-hmm. But yo, while while we're on the subject of Cersei and and talking and talking about the timeline, they messed up. Wait, wait. Last thing before we get to that, um. So uh, Icarus, Cersei get married, right? So that's the yeah. hero of the story and the villain of the story. Do you think they were just trying to create internal conflict for the viewer? Or what? I don't know. It, yeah, it's- but then they didn't. They didn't. They 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 lost the ability to actually bear that weight by not letting you see Icarus leave, by le- not letting you see Cersei with a broken heart. By the time you see Cersei again, she's fallen in love again. Yeah, they're kind of like first meet Cersei. Yeah, it's her falling in love again. Yeah, with uh, Jon Snow. Um. Okay. But yeah, so so there's that, and then and then you know everything else with Cersei, you know she was just blah, she was blase to me, like just whatever. Yeah, no like, real no real shining moments to make me like I I never got excited <laughs> until the po- second post credit scene, but yeah. Yeah, and it's not the actress's fault at all. She no. was fucking. It's it's the story. Was, yeah. I say she was fucking fine. She was fine. She she did a really good job of of make, of, of showing how much she loved people. And all this stuff and like really like the acting was but oh also with the love the love story the fucking the 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 you know the oh you know she turns away from him and he grabs her hand and they kiss and then they fuck and then later it's she like turns away from him and he grabs her uh he turns away from her and she grabs his hand mm-hmm. and turns around and it's like it's like okay just fuck off like oh, i get corny, it they're in the yeah. same place they lost their their v card uh, you know centuries ago and 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 they did and they did the thing in reverse like it just felt fucking lazy it felt so much like like when 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 they were there and he turned i was like she's gonna grab his hand and it wasn't a and it wasn't even a moment where i was like she's gonna grab his hand mm-hmm. like that would have been fine if, if i felt that but, but the movie did nothing to make me feel that. Yeah, like there's no like we weren't attached to their relationship because we didn't get the whole. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get the, it. The, the movie, like it, it, it was, it was asking you to do too. It was asking you to invest too much without giving you any reason to invest. Mm-hmm. It was just expecting you to invest, and that just doesn't work. That doesn't work. That doesn't work in a movie with fucking seven main characters that's two and a half hours long. Yeah. Like that doesn't work. You have to you have to kill this. And I saw like one of the criticisms I saw about the movie beforehand is I saw all the fucking all the right wing racist homophobic dickheads coming out and review bombing it or whatever. Fuck them. Like all these people upset about fucking Asians in movies. Fuck them. But I saw all those fucking stupid criticisms. But when I saw that, I was like, damn, I was like, judging off the previews, I kind of, I, th- I think that one might have some weight. Someone said it feels like a DC movie. You know, what's funny is I say that Eternals is Marvel's Suicide Squad one, right? Because if you look at Suicide Squad one, amazing cast. There's no way they could fumble this movie comes out. It's terrible. And you're like, yeah, you're scratching your head. 
yeah. they had the bag and mm-hmm. then they just dumped it out. Exactly. Like Jesus. Um, but yeah, so 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 fucking cl- close close it off on Cersei. Okay. Um, but before we move on with characters, do the fucking timeline. I fucking caught them. I caught them in the movie fucking up the timeline. Okay, break it down because I'm curious to what what you caught. I can't remember specifically what which scene it was, but I've been kind of keeping a track mm-hmm. on how long Cersei and Icarus were together when they arrived. They arrived 5,000 BC, so and it's 2020 now. Mm-hmm. So they've been there 7,000 years. Okay. Also, they go from being BC to AD all of a sudden in the middle of it, just for no reason. Okay. They go BC to AD for some reason, even though you know they showed up at 2000 B or no, it's at 5000 BC. You know they showed up at 5000 BC. Yet for some point, I think at some point it jumps to like 65 AD or something, mm-hmm. which makes no sense because they weren't there yet. And then also in the in the talking, I think Druig, I think Druig fucks it up at one point. Druig says something happened so long ago, and I was like that doesn't track that's not fucking right mm-hmm. it's like that's that's not that's not what was happening they've already they've, they've shown us what was happening at that point in time and that's that's not right and uh and i just i realized i was like fuck i was like either the script like either like the script like what uh like you know like the way it's storyboarded and the way it's like going to be like presented and shot and done mm-hmm. didn't line up with the dialogue script Okay. As far as time goes, like motherfucker, like you should have had with a movie that's going to take place over 7,000 fucking years. Have somebody on set who knows how to do fucking math. Yeah. And make sure that like everything's edited properly so that these time jumps and everything makes sense. And if you're going to fuck up the math, don't fuck up. Don't fuck it up so bad that my dumbass notices. You know, I, I, I didn't catch that. So I. I at some point i'll rewatch it and i'll have to uh, yeah look it, into that. it really bothered me it's it's one of the things that i'm like waiting to uh to fucking like kind of uh i'm, I'm deleting all the things we've talked about so mm-hmm. so far so that we we don't we don't go through them over again we talked about seriously we talked about Icarus. talked about the timeline being a mess mm-hmm. um the next person i, w- I want to talk about is ajak because okay a when when I think of a leader, right? Uh, I'm like, okay, Ajax has to be badass. There's a there has to be a reason why this this uh, celestial uh, appointed uh, Ajax as the leader of uh, this group that uh, he created, right? So uh, when you find out, okay, Ajax uh, powers to to heal, so I'm like, all right, she must be like super badass fighting or something like on top of her healing, but. When it gets to the point where Icarus uh, pushes Ajax off the cliff and the deviant at the bottom and she's uh, about to get mauled and doesn't really put up a fight, I'm like, wow, the leader really only had healing powers? That- yeah, she grabs a gun. The first thing she does is grab a gun. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that just... Um, okay, and I, I'm going to wait till we talk about all the characters so um, I, I can make this point, but... I was just so surprised that they picked probably maybe the weakest one out of the whole group to run the the, the show. I was like this, and and there was nothing like outside of being the leader and being in contact with um, Arisham. There's nothing special about Ajax. I didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, 
my biggest issue with Ajax, besides the fact that it had to take me so long to figure out which one was Ajax, which is not the character's fault mm-hmm. that it took me so long to figure out which one uh, she was. But uh, my issue with the Ajax with Ajax is an issue with the movie, and that is, I get that it had to be like a third act reveal that Icarus smoked Ajax. Mm-hmm. But there was zero emotional effect of finding Ajax's dead fucking corpse on our property. From from who? From from you or from the group? From me. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. She's dead. I didn't even know her. <laughs> yeah. Nothing about her. I just figured out who she was. Okay. Yeah. True. I've just put together who she was. You've shown me maybe like. 80% of her dialogue happens after you see her dead. That's true. Yeah, they show up and I'm like, oh, that in my mind, I'm like, that leader is whack. <laughs> yeah, and Cersei's all crying and I'm like, I mean, I guess she was cool. Like, yeah, the, I don't know. Yeah, like, like we, yeah, like I said, they, they, we didn't get a chance to get attached. Yeah, that was the thing with so many of the characters, you didn't get a chance to even get attached. Mm-hmm. And and the ones you did get attached to didn't go anywhere. And okay, and well, didn't go anywhere. But can we preface maybe say yet since they're you know obviously legend? Oh open yeah, I mean, no, I'm not like yeah. I'll fucking see Eternals too. I'm gonna see all these fucking movies because I'm sure Eternals two will probably be better because it's gonna have to be. Yeah. It can't be worse. It can't fucking be worse. There's no fucking way. Like this one to me has hit the bottom of the barrel. And Jim even said, he's like, well, you know, we were going to get a bad one eventually. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And if this was the one, then I hope, you know, then this is, this is the one, you know, hopefully they never fuck anything up this bad again. And like, I even like, 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 and that's the thing with Ajax. I don't really have much more to say, but I even heard like, uh, Denny, uh, Velenu or whatever, the dude who did Dune and, Sakari and whatnot, he helped Zoe Chow out with this movie, which I can maybe see in like some of the shooting or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like if that motherfucker didn't see like a final cut of this movie before like admitting to have helped with the movie, then like, bro, like I hope he didn't see a final cut of the movie. Cause I I guess also Eternal suffers from the fact that fucking we we watched Dune this week too. Like we watched Dune at the at the beginning of last week, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Yeah. And then we, which again was all new characters that I knew nothing about because I've never even seen the David Lynch Dune, and I've never read the book because I don't have time to read, and I'm stupid. But uh, but yeah, like that that movie, I remember the characters, and I was attached to them, and I was emotionally like pulled by them. And Eternals introduced me to about the same amount of characters, and I only really liked a couple of them yeah. and actively despised some of them <laughs> it is strange that we're yeah because i never thought we'd be in this boat if i'm being honest i you know uh, marvel studios was batting 100 right uh, all amazing yeah. movies um and stand store too uh, but here we are <laughs> um uh but here we are talking about um 
Eternals the way we are. It's just like, yeah. And obviously, I'm, and we're being honest, right? Like, obviously, like we, we love the MCU, but we're going to yeah. call it how it is and tell, tell everybody how we really feel. We're not going to go out here and try to sugarcoat and sell people on something that isn't good. Yeah. I mean, and also it's like, dude, like I'm being, I'm being critical of this movie mm-hmm. in a way that I've never been about another Marvel movie. And it's because it didn't satisfy me enough to not look. Yeah. Like, we'll get to something that we'll get to something eventually that like um that like i would have never noticed if this movie was just if this movie didn't do it legitimately if the the thena thing didn't disappoint me enough mm-hmm. if, the, if, the, if they pulled through on that on that through line and that thread and, and actually give me like a moment to hold on to like in a message to hold on to there is something in this movie i would not have noticed i know but we'll get to it when we uh, when we're done talking about all the characters. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't have any more on Ajax. Yeah, we can move on from Ajax. Uh, next one we can talk about is uh, Gilgamesh. He he was pretty interesting. I felt like uh, he, he was my favorite character. <laughs> he, he he was the only one to actually stand up and be like, "Yo, like we're not gonna wipe Thena's mind. I'll I'll take care of the problem. I'll I'll handle mm-hmm. it. I'll make sure everything's okay." And I thought that was very admirable for him to do that because he he put himself at risk knowing that there's a chance that he could get killed by her, uh, you know, due mm-hmm. to the, the man weary, but he was okay with that. That's, that was his, his bond with her. He's like, I don't want to see her mind get wiped for something that she, uh, you know, didn't no choose. Yeah, her. exactly. So mm-hmm. th- th- that made me really uh, appreciate his character for, for him to be so brave to step up and want to do that to, to save his, you know, his, his partner. Yeah. There were two emotional parts in the movie for me. And one was when Gilgamesh died. Oh man. Cause like, okay. Cause when we saw the deviant, right. Uh, uh, the, like the, the more powerful one, he had the, the, the healing power. So at that point we hadn't seen him absorb a jacket. Right. But when mm-hmm. he, when, when he got Gilgamesh, I was like, damn, that looks pretty messed up. And, and it just made me sad to see him go just cause I, I just thought he was just so awesome for, for stepping up like he did. And he was nice. Part. Yeah. Yeah. He was just a nice guy. He was a nice guy and he was fucking beast. He was always out front fighting. Like he was brave, he was awesome, he was so cool. He was funny too. He like had hobbies. Like you saw, like you know, like he's 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 out here, you know, taking care of Athena and like looking after her and help and you know making sure she doesn't fuck anybody up or herself. Mm-hmm. And like you know, he's dedicated himself to a life of essentially a servitude to his friend who he cares about, who he, who he loves, and um. And, uh, and and motherfucker had hobbies. Like motherfucker had shit he was into. He was making beer and you know like like making a pie. Like you know he when that pie slides out of the pan, that was funny. Mm-hmm. Even though he's finding out his you know his homegirl got got you know smoked, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, Gilgamesh, I liked him. I when when he got put in the baby outfit, that was funny. There's very few funny parts in this movie, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Which, I, I I think they more had to deal with. Uh with uh Karun and uh Kingo. Yeah. Yeah, but not yeah, there, there wasn't like yeah, cuz there, there really wasn't like cuz if, if we think back to uh you know Shang-Chi how there was like that comedic element throughout the film, but here mm-hmm. it was very few and far between. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's I think they they wanted to make a more serious movie. Mm-hmm. Which you can do. I mean again, watch Dune last week too. Dune not a very funny movie. Mm-hmm. Very good. Have you seen it yet? I, I've not, if I'm being honest. 
my dude, it rocks. I, I will I'll watch say, it. I'll say, dude, an hour and a half into Eternals, looking at the time going, holy shit, this movie's got another hour left. Two hours into Dune, I kind of wanted it to go on for another two hours. Okay. I didn't want the movie to end. That's like, so very different. <laughs> yeah. I've heard nothing but positive things about that movie. I just, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. <sighs> fucking Gilgamesh. I, he, he's, he's, he's one of the, he's one of the four things in the good category. Okay. Um, oh, that's awesome. He made, he made the good. Um, but that's really all I got for him. Cause you know, we, we, we hardly knew him. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Okay. Um, Druig, probably the, 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 the most real rebel, right? From the jump. He's just like, fuck all this. Like, we're here to uh, try to uh, help civilization evolve, to have them do better. But why are we sitting here atop this um, structure watching them murder each other? Like, this is this is pointless. Like, how is this helping this move forward? And he was so against, uh, you know, um, like the conflict, right? Because because in all reality, all that stuff was pointless, right? Because there there was a, w- a way for um, humanity to to grow and evolve without having to murder each other. But so two okay. things about Druig. Okay. First thing from one of my 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 coworker who was talking to me. Apparently, Druig is not like that. Druig sucks and druig is an asshole mm-hmm. and they don't like druig they don't like dealing with druig they only deal with druig when they absolutely have to so i don't think they did druig correctly to the comics mm-hmm. that being said gilgamesh was my favorite character druig was my favorite thing about the movie yeah, he wasn't okay. my favorite character mm-hmm. but he was my favorite thing about the movie because he's the only thing in the movie that said anything yeah yeah he stood up for what exactly he exactly really, what yeah. he just said yeah. And exactly what you just said, he's the only one who actually said things, mm-hmm. who actually made statements about the world and actually was like looking at things and like objectively like having like a real actual personal feeling. And that's he he I thought I thought that that actor probably did one of the best jobs in the movie too at playing that character. Yeah, yeah. I I I thought he 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 did a great job. I I, uh, obviously, uh, it, it, it's, it's hard to be that person, right? The, the one person in the group who goes against everybody, even though there's mm-hmm. probably people within the circle feeling the same way, but are like, you know, too afraid to speak up or don't want to have to deal with the backlash. So the fact that, um, he was able to do that without any remorse, right? Cause that's how he really felt. He's like, fuck it. It's like, if this is how it's going to be like, I'm out of here, screw all this. Yeah. I mean, do he, when, when they're, when they're killing each other or whatever, and they're like, and they're like, this is just, they're, they're like, this is just war. He's like, this is genocide. Mm-hmm. Like they actually say genocide in a Marvel movie. Like, like that's a cool thing. Like I really appreciated that. Like he's watched, you know, he's watched the more advanced civilizations decimate mm-hmm. indigenous populations for a while now. And he now sees where this is going, that these people are going to, you know, war each other into submission and doesn't want that. He doesn't like the conflict. And I really, really appreciated that. And I thought he was a smart ass. I thought he was one of the funnier characters just because he kind of had a darker sense to him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but kind of an unintentional funny in, in, in some of the scenes. But like, you know, but it, like it's meant for comedy, but it's meant as like an unintentional comedy sort of thing. I, uh, but yeah, I like Druig. Um, I thought his, but his character again, his character developed in the before times and then just kind of cruised through the movie being being himself. He, yeah, because he was. They just left him alone until they were like, "All right, we like we're trying to build this hive mind. We need, we need Druig to to try to uh, help us take over and maybe mind control Tiamat." And yeah, when when they get to him, right? Um, and he he has his village, right? He has all the people that he took with him that were trying to kill each other, you know, living amongst each other, and it seemed very peaceful out there in the woods, and. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, you know, pretty awesome that uh, he was able to do that, right? Because, um, like, if, if you're paying attention, you're like, yeah, those are all the people that were trying to fight or kill each other earlier in the movie, but he took them and just made a village, and everybody's just living, living peaceful, and things are slowly progressing, you know, to yeah, to no, advance. Like, but and that's the thing is, he he took people and took them to a place where they couldn't be influenced by technology, they couldn't be influenced by, they could only be influenced by him, which in a way kind of fascist but at the same time but at the same time like he like you know he just wanted people to to coexist in a peaceful way he didn't want anybody to die he didn't he didn't see any um like and that's and that's and that's like kind of the the dirty dirty like uh like um we constraint constraint did a a shirt um have you ever played that game secret hitler no, I've never played it. Fuck, dude, it's a fucking sick ass game. Um, shit, if you if you come for LDB, you should stay an extra day, and we should all hang out and play and play board games. Okay, uh, one night, and we can show you Secret Hitler. Um, but Constraint did a did a shirt uh, for this uh, of a rip of, for this board game Secret Hitler, and on the back, um, Ashton like drew up this like uh, like a dove and a snake fighting, and I put this quote. Um, by Michael Parenti, he's like a, a leftist uh, a thinker. It was like the dirty truth is that like it, I can't remember exactly what the quote is, but it's like the, something along the lines of like the dirty truth is that like most people aren't exactly opposed to to fascism, mm-hmm. and it's because if it works for you, and somebody can just kind of like kind of like take away your agency and make it so that you can kind of just like you know, farm your land and like, you know, have a, a bed, have a roof. Like if like, it's not going to, if it's not killing you, it's not killing your family. It's not killing anybody around you. Some people are like perfectly cool with living in like a fascist state, as long as it's not threatening them. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the situations where I see that. And I'm like, fuck, I get it. I guess I get it a little bit, even though I think like everybody should like, you know, have a say in their, their life and have agency and freedom and all this shit and all and Liberty and all this and all this stuff and not have anybody in, like controlling them at all. Like when I see it in certain situations, I'm like, Oh man, dude, just kind of like, if I could just go to work every day and like, it didn't matter how much money I made, I knew I was going to have a place to sleep. And, you know, I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. I just had to worry about making sure I worked, you know, whatever hours I worked a week. And like, nobody was like threatening to like take away my job or my house or my food. If I like didn't do a good enough job at work, like 
I, you know, I think I could, I think I could be cool in a system like that. And, uh, and that's, and that's, I mean, it's just like human beings. I think it's just, it's so often like if something could take away all of our worries, because we spend so much of our lives worrying Mm -hmm. because we used to spend so much of our lives, like being afraid we were going to die every day. Yeah. Predators. And now we're afraid we're going to lose our jobs every day or we're going to lose our house every day. Like if you could take away that fear and then I just like have to like listen to this one guy, like, you know, whatever it doesn't, doesn't sound too bad to me. So like, like Drew like a complicated concept and a complicated character. And definitely I don't think like a good guy, but I thought he was a good character. Maybe you can explain this to me. Um, when the deviants show up and Druig is mind controlling everybody, right? He's using everybody as a weapon. And Cersei is like, yo, stop. Even though he's trying to stop the deviants from killing everybody. Uh, I, I was a little confused. I'm like, was it bad that he was using them and not letting them just fight with them? But he was just using them? Yeah, I think... I think. Uh, so what I would say... What I would say Cersei was... Uh, because of if I'm if I'm ju- judging specifically off of what I understand her character to be, mm-hmm. he was putting the humans in danger. Okay, all right, for sure. He that- was putting the humans in danger. If 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 not for the humans fighting, the deviants were only after the Eternals. Oh, okay, that that does make sense because I was trying to process that in the heat of the moment. I'm like, wait, why is she freaking out? Like, it's all yeah, trying to. She was okay. she was putting the human beings in danger, which is literally to a T the only thing our character cares about, oh, which okay. tracks, which tracks. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing with Cersei is she wasn't she wasn't a bad character. She just wasn't a good character, but she was a consistent character. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true. Like it, it very much. So, so what Eternals actually felt like was watching a group of people play a Dungeons and Dragons game that was preset. Okay. So you're watching people play a scenario, mm-hmm. and they've all picked these characters, and they they pick these alignments, and they're playing that character specifically to that alignment, and not allowing any personality to come through, except in the case of a few characters like Gilgamesh and Druig, who sort of played up Mm -hmm. the character a little bit. It felt like a lot of the characters just picked this alignment and then stuck to it. And even though it wasn't something somebody would have rationally done, it was something they had to do because that's the character they picked. Okay. Yeah. Because I noticed that sometimes. So I've, I've, I've played, I've played Dungeons and Dragons for a few years and I've had, uh, I've had at times like a DM, like, like pull me aside and be like, Hey, this like, doesn't like clock with like the way your character is supposed to be aligned. And I'm like, damn, I mean, I guess I'm just like being too personally involved. Yeah. Not just playing a role. And I'm trying to, and I'm trying to like me is bleeding into the character rather than, rather than me like playing the character. And, um, which is why now anytime I play Dungeons and Dragons, I have to pick a character. I have to play a character like, aligns with the way i am because i know i'm just gonna bleed into it yeah so you can just kind of just try to be yourself and yeah and i've got to pick something that gels with me but uh but yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything more about druid except for i liked him and he was one of the only uh, he was one of my favorite parts of the movie i want to bring him back up when we talk about sprite i, I want to see a sprite for last but yeah we'll bring Drew back up because he has a, a pivotal moment in the story yeah but, I'm, uh, I'm cool with saving sprite for last okay uh kingo uh i just 
I, I, w- I wasn't really uh, like a fan or a hater of his character. I just felt like, okay, uh, he uh, to me, it just felt like he was just kind of filling just like another space. Oh, oh you mean Kamel Nanjiani? Because yeah. I can't remember his character's name because he was just playing himself in the movie. Yeah. And like, granted, like, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, uh, doing all these like uh, movies um, in the interim, right? After the group split that up. That was interesting. That was funny. I, I liked that. That was, that was mm-hmm. that part of like, they built a history for his character. Yeah. Because like they have the different generational like movie posters, right? When he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that was my great grandfather." When you know, when they were asking like, "Oh, how did you uh, manage to stay in like the public eye but not get caught?" Um, but I did like that uh, his his uh, friend uh, Karun was, uh, um, you know, uh, while you everything know, was going on, was filming a documentary, right? Yeah, he was he was funny. I really liked him. He was a good character. Um, yeah, Kingo. Like, I mean, I was just I watched Kamel Nanjani. Um, do a i watched him bring a c effort to a movie that it became obvious he was bringing a c effort to because anything else he's in he is the funniest thing about it mm-hmm. yeah felt- like that motherfucker have you have you watched silicon valley i have not no my dude silicon valley is fantastic mm-hmm. it might make you want to drive up to berkeley and burn it to the ground though no oh, wow. um uh it's it's fantastic and he is amazing in it mm-hmm. but uh that's like where i mostly like fell in love with him is is watching silicon valley but uh but yeah i mean he was fine his his little pew pew it it, it, it at a certain point have you ever seen the south park episode where they become cops no i've never seen it there's an there's an episode of of, of, of south park where they become they, they they're playing cops and then they become cops mm-hmm. but they don't have guns they still keep using finger guns and uh and at one point like cartman yells at somebody for like the they're making the wrong like finger gun noise they're going like pew 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 pew, pew instead of like bang 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 and uh i that's, i couldn't not think about that fucking south park shit when i was watching him just do his little pew pew out of his fingers. I was like, God, this, this is a really, really like, I mean, it's like fine power, but just like, what a silly way to, to demonstrate it in the, like, that's why like in fucking Dragon Ball Z, they're shooting shit out of their fists and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, like Shang-Chi didn't make the fucking mistake of like having him like, I don't know, like, I, I mean, realistically, I'm glad the ten rings were like armbands and not like physical rings that you wear. Like I think they are in the comics. I think they're ten rings you put on all of your fingers. Um, but yeah, I uh, his power was his power was fine. I just I and his character was fine. He just he played himself at a lower level than he usually plays himself. I just didn't. I think I kind of realized I didn't like him as a character when he was just so down to just pack it up and go when the, oh, he was, he was down to turn coat on everybody. Yeah. But, but even when he was just following whoever wanted to lead him. Remember when, um, uh, Icarus kind of re- reveals himself, uh, in the ship, uh, the, the domo and, uh, stops, uh, Fa- uh, Faustos from, uh, you know, creating the, the, um, uh, the the bracelets for the hive mind, and then everyone mm-hmm. kind of realizes like, oh shit, he's uh, you know he's the bad guy. And then uh, w- after they leave, or a- after Sprite and Icarus leave, 
uh, King goes like, yeah, he's like, we, we can't beat him. So I'm just going to go about my life and uh, figure it out. I'll see you guys later. That that just kind of was like, really? No effort? Obviously, uh, yeah, he, um, Icarus is like powerful, but uh, you should at least try. But for him to just be so okay with, um, you know, staying course on, on the mission and realizing that, okay, Icarus is not going to let us stop the emergency. The emergency is going to happen. Cool. Like, I'll see you guys after it's done. I was like, wow, kind of a D bag, but. Well, and then also though, they just immediately talk him back out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, well, like what we'll stand for something? Where's your conviction? You weirdo. Yeah. He literally stood for nothing. He never came around to anything on his own. His mind had to be changed by other people. He had to follow. And that's one of the things is like, maybe that's just like a character trait to him, mm-hmm. which again, maybe this is, again, we're watching people play Dungeons and Dragons. This is a character trait that this character has to do where they just follow whatever people are telling him to do and, and whether or not it makes sense, whether or not it has any emotional like through line, whether or not it has any real like weight to it. Maybe that's, was the decision behind that who fucking knows okay so makari she was okay obviously she she wasn't in the domo the whole time right because after everybody splits up and they're getting back together they find makari in the domo but she has she's like surrounded by artifacts that she has gathered um and i i watched a breakdown to see like they, they kind of like pointed out things that she had grabbed and one of the most interesting things that she grabbed was a big mac which that was like pretty weird um but the, the, yeah nothing on her right as like everybody's gone um we don't hear anything about her all we know is that they they meet up they find her on the domo and she has uh you know a, a attained that emerald tablet that she was trying to get in like the early portion of the movie but no real breakdown on how no explanation of where all this other stuff came from she's just there and i'm just like or or what is the emerald tablet yeah yeah, the, uh, not, uh, it just, that was a little frustrating to me. It? Yeah, like why'd she want it so bad? We never found out. Two things about Makari. One thing, couldn't remember the character's name. Second thing, kind of couldn't remember the character existed after the movie. Mm-hmm. Cause she's not in it. She's not in the fucking movie. It's very little. Man. Like for a character that survives the movie, mm-hmm. di- hardly knew her, and that's so sad because it, it, it's and it, it's just, she was cool, great, right? Great. She she she's pretty important, right? Because she found like the the point where like the emergence was happening, and like she had some important parts, but overall, it's just like she didn't seem important enough. Yeah, she was cool. Um, like legitimately like when i was talking to my friend at work this morning she she brought her up and i went oh i totally forgot yeah i just totally fucking forgot about her because she was so like she she mattered so little to the story Mm -hmm. and and contributed like i get it that maybe not everybody wanted to do sign language scenes but like like i'm pretty sure isn't that actress actually deaf too if i'm being honest i have no idea I think that actress might actually be deaf too. Okay, let me look into it real quick. Because uh, I think she's in Walking Dead. Okay, so I'm seeing it, and they're saying that she is. Yes, because mm-hmm. she's in Walking Dead. She's really good in the one season of Walking Dead that I saw that she was in before I 
fell the fuck off the cliff on watching that shit. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, kind of fuck you to Eternals for not making that character. Like, I get like, dude, one of the things I've heard, like, so in, in the defenses I've seen of the Eternals is all the representation. And I know saying that as a fucking white straight dude is so fucking shitty of me to like disregard this fucking representation mm-hmm. defense bullshit that I, just makes me so fucking mad. Because if you are like, if you care about representation, you should care about movies with representation in them being fucking good. Yeah, not because just when they fucking suck. You load the gun of all these fucking shithead Ben Shapiro dickweeds mm-hmm. who want to say, or Stephen Crowder or whatever fucking asshole wants to say, like, oh, Hollywood's getting so woke and so fucking blah, 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 whatever. Fuck, fuck them. Fuck that. But, yo, that, that girl is a really good fucking actress, and she is actually fucking deaf. She's so fucking rare. Yeah. And they let her do very fucking little in that movie. That is that is fucking insulting. Okay, and like you gave all this screen time to Angelina Jolie, and then still fucked her character up, and didn't make her characters do the interesting things she could do. Mm-hmm. But you spent all this time on her, and then you disregard a character who you're gonna do shit with going forward. Maybe no. maybe, maybe they'll make this up. That, when oh, less- that's what I'm thinking. Okay, because you got to think. Uh, now skipping a, a bit ahead, you know. At the end, it was, uh, you know, in that ship, Thena, Makari, um, uh, and who was the other one? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, was it Druig? Yeah, it was Druig. I thought Druig got snatched. No, he. I can't remember. I literally can't remember. Wait, now. Because no, sna- they all fucking. Who got snatched? Uh, Cersei, Fostos got snatched for sure. Yeah. And oh, it was Kingo. Kingo got snatched. Or was Kingo, Kingo on the ship? Did Kingo did, I can't remember. <laughs> now and now you got me questioning myself. See, I can't remember if Druid or Kingo were on the ship. Okay, now now, now I gotta look this up. Okay. Uh oh, damn it. Okay. At that point in the movie, I was so checked out and, and frustrated. Uh-huh. Um This is yeah, because I don't want to get this wrong, because I could have sworn Druid was on the ship. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I can't I can't even fucking remember now. At that point in the movie, I was so pissed off. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, either or. Th- either the characters or, yeah. that are moving on to the, uh, you know, hopefully next yeah, film. There's, gonna be, there's, there's less pieces on the board. They're going to get more attention, the remaining pieces. Except they have to fucking add Harry Styles now, which mm-hmm. also... I did not know who that was. Ashton had to tell me. I did not know what hairstyles looked like. I was like, I, I, I was kind of, I knew the name when he said Eros. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh, okay. And I honestly didn't even notice Pat Oswalt's voice either, which I didn't know that either. Cool. Which cool. That's, that's sick. But I like also if, if Pip, the troll and Eros are going to be in the next movie and maybe we're going to introduce even more Eternals, then you, we still could, get all the other ones that we already kind of met who got disregarded they could still get disregarded a second time yeah they, they could get screwed again but um okay uh, well, i want to pause on on the, on the character talk real quick but way back yeah. when b- before the movie actually had been out i had texted you like hey i came across this spoiler just beware um yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure you were i, I don't know where you're at at that time but did you 
did you manage to stay away from the spoilers before you watched the movie or did you already know? I got nothing spoiled for me. Okay. Awesome. What was the spoiler? Was it Harry Styles? Yeah, th- th- that was the one that I read, but the second one I went into blind. So that was cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, second to last character before Sprite, Fostos. He. We I, also should have we should address Kit Harrington too before we before Sprite. Okay. All right. We we, we can talk about him. Uh, I, I do have a little bit of issues with that guy too. Um, but Fostos, we saw some emotion with him, right? Because remember there was that scene uh with uh, okay well hold on i, I don't want to get too ahead of myself but where he was trying to uh help advance civilization and they're just like because he was trying to uh was it uh was he trying to do the steam engine or uh, yeah steam engine and then he settled with the plow yeah and they're like no that's too advanced and he's like okay so he kind of takes it apart and he's like here's the plow and you're like wow like they could have been like way advanced if they would have just left um Fostos alone and you know he let uh, them have the steam engine but I, I did think it was pretty interesting, right? Where it, it kind of the part of the movie where it, it has like that shot of um, Hiroshima and Faustus is there crying and saying that this is his fault and taking the blame for like his creations. Um, I, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. But he took like I think probably the most different route than everybody because he just tried to become part of the human. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. He he went and uh, uh, got a family. And just was, uh, and he he told everybody he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't use my powers anymore. But obviously, Icarus like debunked that, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but I I enjoyed his character, and, and I'm you know uh, earlier you briefly mentioned uh, you know the controversy with that character, but um, and maybe it's just because of who I am. But like when I saw the kissing scene that everybody made such a big deal about, it, I was like, this this is normal to me. Like I I don't think anything bad about it at all. And for it to get banned in certain countries because of that, I was like, this is such bullshit. Wait, what was the thing I said about Faustus earlier? I can't remember. Oh, because um, you you just briefly mentioned the the, the controversy with his um his kissing scene, right? Oh no, that's not the controversy. I was. Oh really? Oh, I, I thought that's what you're talking about. What are you talking about? The Hiroshima thing. Oh, I, I didn't see any controversy on that. I saw. So this is. This was. So there's all the 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 bullshit right wing critiques of Eternals Mm -hmm. that are psychotic and racist and homophobic and sexist and all the different things. I saw one psychotic left-wing criticism of Eternal. Okay. And it was somebody being like, holy shit, Eternals is trying to say that a black gay man invented the A-bomb? Like, really? You're going to try to put this on black people? You're going to try to put this on gay people like black and gay people would never contribute to something so destructive or whatever. And I was and I saw that and I was like, I was like, huh, I wonder what the context of that is. And then when you see it, he didn't fucking make the Mm A-bomb. He helped us get to a point where we made the A-bomb. Yeah, where we were able to create it on our own through advanced. Yeah, because of the the, because of the head start he gave. He gave them Mm -hmm. that is the most bullshit reach for an issue with a movie that you don't have to reach far for that was the furthest reach i've seen for a criticism of this movie when you could easily just pick one right off the top yeah because yeah i brought up hiroshima and that thought never even crossed my mind that it was a a black gay man that did it. I was like, okay. And it wouldn't have crossed my mind either. If I hadn't seen some psycho mm-hmm. say that on the internet. Um, but I, uh, 
and, and that, that was one of the only things I knew going into the movie too. Okay. I, that I didn't have that spoiled for me. I just saw someone tweet about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or I heard about somebody tweeting that. I can't remember which, which it was, but somebody was like, Oh my God, like I heard blah, blah, blah. And, um, and cause I have fucking hardly fucking look at the internet ever anymore. Um, but yeah, so Faustus was the only thing in the okay section of my list. He okay. wasn't good. He wasn't almost, he wasn't bad. He was okay. And my thing with Faustus was the Hiroshima thing, but a different, but because of something different. And it's, and it's not Faustus's fault that the story failed his character. Mm-hmm. It's the two and a half hour movie, not spending five more minutes to show you something. And instead they tell you something. And that movie did so much telling you stuff instead of showing you stuff mm-hmm. for a movie that took two and a half fucking hours and showed you a ton of stuff. The really important things that they didn't show you that they just told you about felt fucking lazy. And Faustus, I liked him. I thought his pa- also his powers were fucking confusing. Yeah, I'll get to where I was confused. His powers were confusing. I still don't fucking understand them. I don't fucking care even. I'm so disinterested in the powers. At the point when he was able to tie down Icarus, Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, halfway through the fight, where seems you'd open with that, maybe, that those bindings that you have Mm -hmm. that you can just contain him with, maybe while everyone else is fucking him up, you can just trap him. Instead, you've managed to trap him when it's just the two of you. Excuse me. Um, so all this power issues aside and how and how kind of just how just CGI just fucking rely like reliant this movie was where he just sits there and just does this. And I guess it you know looks fine. I mean, I guess we did watch Tony Stark just do yeah. things like this for fucking, you know, six movies but uh but for some reason it just kind of looked very like kid playing with a rubik's cube like an invisible rubik's cube mm-hmm. um to me so like all that aside his character wise just he was he was he had a fucking he he wanted to help he had motivations he had feelings he had an interest and um and they showed all this and then they just tell you Oh, but he lost faith in humanity. Cue Hero fucking Shima, him crying, Ajak there. Ajak doesn't like, unless Ajak, which you know she wasn't taking the ship around because the ship was buried in Babylon. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Ajak went and found Faustus crying in Hiroshima. Uh, spirit also, how did, how did Faustus get to Hiroshima? I don't know. <laughs> Either way, that's that's another thing. Logistically, this movie totally shits the bed in a lot of ways, which I wouldn't have noticed if the movie satisfied me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have started looking into the logistics of the movie to to wonder things. But it shows you him losing his faith in humanity, and then it says, "Oh no, but he's got a family now." And you're just like, "Where and did you he- cue, cue him having a family?" We saw nothing of him. Law, like having lost his faith in humanity mm-hmm. we just saw him lose it and then 
him just having faith in humanity later. Yeah, it's like what changed? Like what sparked it all? No explanation. Keep it fucking moving. And I do appreciate some movies that just keep it fucking moving. Tenet kept it fucking yeah moving. you gotta be on your toes on that one i was like am i i hope i'm watching it right moving. yeah kept it fucking moving but kept you interested mm-hmm. and like and like really like you know i don't know like and kept you stimulated like eternals was just a fucking slog man like just the amount of things that i was like wait a second can i get a little bit more on that and then you're spending so much time on this shit that i don't fucking need like i don't know man i just i, I wonder who the fuck they test audience this on. I have no idea. People, uh, yeah, because like, who? Because I don't know anybody who would go and watch something like that and go, "Yeah, this was awesome. This this is going to get a pass." And I would love to see what a what a, what the cuts that didn't make it to theaters were. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious if there was a better cut of this movie somehow. I doubt it. I, I kind of fucking doubt it too. But yeah, that's really all I got on Faustus. Was he was okay mm-hmm. because. He was also responsible for this. The like, if Gilgamesh dying was an emotional moment of the movie for me, Faustus leaving his family was. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was just happy that his uh, his his husband was like, you know, he was Supportive. on it. Yeah, he was like, yo, he's like, he's like, go do your thing, like save everybody, so we can get back to being a family. Yeah, can we fucking just talk about how the husband Gil- or fucking Faustus's husband had like. Had more passion than most people in the movie. Yeah, and he was on screen for he was on screen for maybe a minute or two. And he like like gave this like passionate like compulsion to his 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 like his love to go out and fucking save this planet for me and me and our son. Like Mm -hmm. you know, come back to us. Go do your thing, but come back to us. Like and just so like there's at least to me there's hope with Eternals two that Faustus will become like a really awesome character. Cause I really like that actor too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everything I've seen him is he's, he's fucking great. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was just fucking again, another one let me down. Can yeah, I say, before we get to Sprite, let's okay. talk about Kid Harry. Oh, wait, wait, but before John, so yeah. can, can you tell you where I was confused with Faustus? Yeah. So, in that scene where they're on the domo and he's trying to build these bracelets so that they can do the, the hive mind, um, Icarus comes in, fucks everything up, uh, you know, and then movie continues and then you get to the final battle and everybody's there and they're trying to stop the emergence and they're able to do the hive mind. Did he just fix the bracelets off screen and they're able to be able to do it that way? Or was it because, because like, how do they tap in with Tiamat and be able to all come together to to do that? I I was I was sitting there. I was like, did I miss something? They do have the bracelets mm-hmm. at the at, before they go that before they go to Tiamat. So he does finish the bracelets. Okay, but but also the Unimind is just something the Eternals can do. Yeah, because Tiamat wasn't wearing a bracelet. Yeah. The, like, oh, well, um, Icarus wasn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he got Sprite. Like, wasn't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Icarus they all got Sprite. Wasn't actually when when I I think possibly when the Unimind happened, all of the Eternals tapped in, even the ones that weren't on Earth mm-hmm. tapped in, which is possibly maybe how Eros was able to find 
find them or maybe Erisham put, put out a, 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 a bat signal like, yo, we got to kill these fools. Yes. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> but know. yeah, so, uh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, regardless, yeah, the, the Unimind is just something they can do. And I guess that was just, they just never actually kind of explained like, oh, this is just something we naturally can do. Yeah, just another. Instead, they just, instead they just kept it moving. Yeah. No. And they could have slowed it down a little bit. Gave us some explanation. Yeah. <laughs> then, Crazy. It, like they just, they moved in the wrong places. They just kept it moving in the wrong places. There's so many places where they could have slowed it down and given you a little bit more like, um, a little bit more lore, a little bit more development, a little bit like more uh, emotion and in, in, in connection and reason. Mm-hmm. And instead, they just fucking breezed right on through that shit. Okay, so finally moving on to uh, you know Kit Harrington, aka Black Knight. Where where my biggest issue is, um, so we go back to that very early scene where. Uh, Cersei gifts him that ring, and it's like, oh, it has your 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 family's uh, you know symbol on it, and he's like, oh, cool, like like where'd you get this? And ob- obviously, he has to know some of his family history, right? And then you think back to um, that one scene where uh, uh, the Black Knight and Cersei are FaceTiming, and she's like, hey, go apologize to your uncle, which is probably referencing you know his uncle who had or who has the mantle before him. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, it, at what point does he actually know his history? Because did he know it the whole time? And was he also keeping this a secret? And obviously, like they were separated through the majority of the movie because you know she was out doing her thing, trying to stop the the emergence. But like, when was he going to tell her? Because he gave her like a little bit because she knew what his family, you know, uh, uh, symbol was. So it's just like I, I was just that. That's the thing that was kind of bothering me. Like we had this like this other superhero here the whole and obviously he wasn't like or he's not the black knight yet um you know that's getting towards like the second post-credit scenes but it was just a little um frustrating for me because i felt like it was cool that he was there but i felt like he was just once again just someone that was just useless he, he like and obviously they, they weren't trying to make a black knight you know team up thing yet but it's like why mm-hmm. I, I just didn't really see like um the value of him being there like was like him and her being lovers and i don't know it, it just uh so kid harrington was in the good and the bad okay good and bad um so i like him i like him as an actor i liked his character even though his character felt very similar to just like him in a Mm rom-com um i uh i thought his character was charming i thought him and cersei had very good chemistry I did not think that about her and Icarus. I did not think they had good chemistry. I did not. They felt it felt forced, which I guess that's how it could feel with two things that aren't human feeling in, you know, an attraction to one another that there isn't chemistry there. Mm-hmm. But with uh, with her and Kid Harrington, I felt like there was rhythm. It, it, it seemed it seemed natural. It seemed uh, like his that his dialogue seemed really natural in both of the scenes, you know, all the, the scenes that he was in the beginning and the end. Um, that being said, him being in the movie did not seem natural. It seemed shoehorned in. Yeah. And that's, I, 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 when I was talking to Jim about it, I was like, I feel like this whole movie was made with shoehorns. Like it felt like you made a movie and then every now and then you just went, oh no, we got to jam this in here and jam this in here and 
jam this in here you just like it's like oops all shoehorns like it's just the the movie was just all just oh we gotta like we got i guess we gotta include this so we'll just shoehorn the deviants in we'll we'll shoehorn icarus the villain in we'll we'll we how how are we gonna explain him being the villain i don't know we'll just we'll do it there (laughs) like it just it all felt very like just just frantically put together yeah it didn't seem like there was like a natural flow to it yeah it was a shuffled ass movie mm-hmm. and i uh and yeah so like that's my issue with with kid harrington is i like i i liked his i liked his character even though i can't remember his fucking name um i um i i but i just i didn't feel like he was necessary to the story at all mm-hmm. um it felt like it was all it was it felt like okay it felt like one of those um one of those reality shows where you've got to make something but you've got to include something like specific and it felt like they gave like it felt like tim gunn was like okay we're gonna make this movie but you gotta include a black knight and it's mm-hmm. like okay so she figured out how to include the black knight in the movie like it didn't feel like it organically needed to be there yeah like he, he yeah like the the majority of screen time was at the very beginning and at the end uh yeah and yeah they didn't really yeah i him not, black knight not being there would not have impacted the movie at all no and with the post credit scene also i did i had to watch something to find out that was marshala ali's voice see I, I read an interview going in uh that uh the director had said that it was him yeah, but I didn't know like what was the thing gonna be. So I, I I only knew that because I I read that interview. But yeah, but that just got like, me excited. I, I talked to somebody who said that they recognized his voice. I'm like, fuck you! You didn't recognize <laughs> his voice. He said two fucking lines. Yeah, it's really like, quick. That, yeah, that shit was bullshit. They should have showed him. I'm curious as to why they didn't, but maybe it's because obviously there's no. COVID. Oh, really? You think COVID? probably COVID. okay see i see i was thinking just because there's been no real uh you know release date for the movie no real promotional stuff yet so i feel like there's just slowly also who knows how they're going to character design blade yet um but speaking of fucking COVID, did you notice COVID in the movie the actors were not acting to each other no i didn't notice that it's all cuts now you got me thinking so so much of the movie is interesting it's just it's it's angelina jolie and then it cuts to and then it's a shoulder or it's it's hair it's you can clearly tell you're watching almost all stand-ins that's interesting you're watching people act to stand-ins and it's it's fucking covid covid like they just instead of waiting for it to be safe or anything or or, you know, still making the movie when they didn't know how to be safe or whatever. Um, like, you can clearly tell that they were, like, not wanting to endanger the actors. So they just had them probably acting to people with fucking masks on. That is really interesting. Now I, I want to get the Blu-ray and see the behind the scenes and see how it really went like, down. Dude, it was it w- when Ashton finally, like, nudged me. It was, it was at the end when uh, when Thena, Thena was talking to somebody near the end. Um, Ashton nudged me and she was like, they're not talking to each other. And I was like, you're fucking right. They're not. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, um, I think somebody walks up behind Angelina Jolie and I was looking at her and I was like, 
I wonder if she's really there. Yeah, but she probably just got cut in. I wonder if she's just cut in. Because uh, did you watch uh, um, Army of the Dead? The the newest one now. Um, so uh, that's the new one, right? Army of the Dead? Mm-hmm. The uh, Zack Snyder thing? Um, Tig Notaro is, is edited into the movie completely. All right. When I get around to she that. Didn't sh- she didn't shoot any of the scenes. We watched it. You, you it's, it's uncanny. You kind of can't tell. It's pretty fucking seamless the way they edit her into the movie. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, but watching watching Eternals, once Ashton pointed that out to me, I started wondering. I was like, I wonder when any of them were together in this movie. Yeah, it's just a big mystery. That That is and crazy. That could be why some of the dialogue feels like kind of flat. Because mm-hmm. there's no energy there to, to feed yeah. off of each other. Like they're just yeah. talking to, to nobody or nothing. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Okay, but I'm um, lasting on the the uh, po- second post credit scene. So, uh, uh, you know, Black Knight, he, he's there. He opens the case. He's touching the sword, and then uh, obviously Blade's behind him. And it's like, oh, like, are you sure you're ready for that? I, I just thought it was cool because um, I felt okay, cool. Now we're moving into an, 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 like we're kind of pushing the the story further, right? Here comes a, another mm-hmm. new character that that we get to see. Somebody that um, I, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm excited to see because I love Blade. The just like the the brief mentions of vampires so far in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. This is gonna be hopefully something like you know action packed, cool story. Because I, I loved the original Blades with Wesley Snipes. I, I thought it was super cool. So the fact that they're bringing oh, it dude. back, I, I'm excited. Obsessed with the Wesley Snipes Blades. Mm-hmm. Even though I've still never seen Blade Trinity, I've just heard how Wesley Snipes was on the set, mm-hmm. and it sounds so crazy. <laughs> you should watch it; it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, at some point, I used to uh, I used to make this joke um, around the around the time when I was like in my early twenties mm-hmm. that I started listening to uh, the Chromag's Alpha and Omega record because I'd never heard it when I was younger. I was like, "Best wishes in Age of Coral," and I never listened to Alpha and Omega, and um, Finally, I listened to it and that song, uh, The Other Side of Madness or whatever. Mm-hmm. I used to make this joke whenever I would see like bad, like, or I'd hear about like really bad movies or like really like fucked franchises, like the Transformers franchise or, uh, or, um, or some shit like that. And I would say, I, I, I really want to watch that and take a trip to the other side of madness. Like, really just like immerse myself in something completely fucking psychotic and nonsense. I don't. Like, and that's how I feel about Blade Trinity. You you mentioned Transformers. Are are they still making movies? Because I, I I was never invested in that series. Um, I think they are. Unfortunately, I think they're making one with like the I, fuck. I can't remember. Maybe they already did. I know they made, were making one with like the dinosaur Transformers, which sounds so stupid. But mm-hmm. I did see the Bumblebee movie, and that shit was awesome. I the last one I saw, I think, was the first one with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I think that was the last one that I saw, but I, I honestly I don't even remember the movies before that. So well, I saw the the Shia LaBeouf one, and then I can't remember if Shia LaBeouf's in the second one. And I think I walked out of the theater because I think the racist robots really bummed me out, and I just couldn't deal with it because they like two of the robots are like very like hood and like they're breakdancing and mm-hmm. they're like essentially they're like they're like Transformers in blackface like. Okay. It's just... like the Transformers equivalent to being in blackface. And I was like, this is very, very uncomfortable. I'm going to leave. That's, I, I don't even remember that. Like I said, like thinking back to those. I can barely remember mm-hmm. it. And I definitely didn't finish the movie. I, so I can't remember if it was something either I put on or I went and saw. 
because it's been so many years now. But uh, and then I didn't see another one until uh, we watched Bumblebee on Hulu, and I was like, that was actually pretty good. But also John Cena's in it, and the girl in it's pretty good too. So uh, yeah, it's a uh, what's her name? Isn't she in the, in the MCU? Um, or am I tripping? Oh wait, yo, no, you might be right. I can't remember who the girl is now. Oh, hold on, I'm looking it up. I have. Uh, hold on. But yeah, Bumblebee's Bumblebee's well worth a watch. Honestly, it was, it was pretty. It was a pretty sweet story. I can't remember the main the main dude in it too. He was good too. Uh, yeah, she she's Hawkeye, right? Haley. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Haley Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's Kate Bishop. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, she's uh, she's really good in it. It, it, it kind of I think that that was one of the movies that kind of made me more excited about her playing uh, playing Kate Bishop. We also watched some some like well it looked like just like a crappy teen comedy like uh like sort of felt like a throwback to like 10 things i hate about you and like those like 90s teen comedies mm-hmm. um some some shit on netflix that she was in and it was it was pretty good too and i was like oh she's gonna she's gonna be awesome in the mc i actually actually like her now i wasn't sure how i felt about her at first um but yeah i'm trying to think is that it for kid harrington yeah i think we can just uh, kind of move on to to sprite aka judas <laughs> uh i uh, i you know i understood uh sprite's internal struggle right I mm-hmm. didn't have a choice and the powers that were granted to her uh for some reason yeah she was like a like a like a, a preteen or a teenager i couldn't really gauge how young uh she was supposed to be but um it i just didn't like her smugness right and obviously uh she was in love with icarus that whole time so obviously she there was like this weird jealousy this weird love triangle um with her icarus and cersei that cersei didn't even know about um but just that that in the final battle where she (laughs) ends up stabbing cersei that just pissed me off Uh, i was like wow you are a traitor and you just want to be with icarus um at all costs which i get right oh her her true love whatever but i i just felt like just so much hatred towards sprite in that moment okay so starting out i hated all of their costumes but sprites was the worst yeah it was whack i hated all their costumes but sprites was the worst Mm -hmm. she looked frumpy Ashton said she looked like a kid's Halloween costume. Um, like you pre-bought this and just gave it to your kid and your kid is Sprite for Halloween mm-hmm. and it doesn't fit them correctly, but it's what they, it's what they wanted. So you bought it from the store. Um, Sprite looked frumpy. Um, I loved that they went in on the fact that Sprite had this like arrested development situation where she was completely stunted Mm-hmm. in this body and stuck like this and you know had these questions of like why did they make me this way why would you try to help the celestial be born if the celestial made you this way wouldn't you think it would make more sense for you to uh fucking not do that also we find out sprites in love with icarus because they tell you Sprite's in love with Icarus. She literally shows no interest. <laughs> she shows no interest. They don't show it. Mm-hmm. They could have showed it in all of those fucking, all of those fucking flashbacks. 
over the fucking centuries. They could have showed you her stealing glances, her, you know, having like this turmoil of being in a child's body and wanting connection, seeing, you know, when they're fucking, you could have seen like Sprite, like, you know, peeping on him or something. Mm -hmm. Just something to show you that Sprite had this weird infatuation, this schoolgirl crush, you know, this backstreet boy poster situation, but just not being able to actually attain it because of the body that she's stuck in. And then she turns on legitimately like the nice person in her life, the person who took her in, who made her feel not alone. Yeah, because she could have. Um, easily left like uh, fuck. Now I'm sure who who left her was it uh, was it uh, Kingo who who just Kingo. yeah Kingo just dipped on her and because he was sick of having to move every five years. Yeah, but she 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 didn't appreciate Cersei. Yeah, and and also dude, they just they fucking blew it so hard. Also, like just narratively, the story's a fucking mess. When they show that guy hit on Sprite in the bar mm-hmm. and then try to grab Sprite's hand and his hand goes through mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, you've you got too much to drink and then wanders off. I thought Sprite was like spying on Cersei. I thought like, I thought all the Eternals have split up at this point mm-hmm. and like Sprite's like found Cersei and now, and, and I was like, I was like, oh shit, it's Sprite. I was like, I was like, oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. I was like, felt like one of those moments where I was like, oh, I'm in the club. Like, like we're, we're, I, I know what's going on. Like, oh, that's Sprite. Like, she's she's found Cersei. They're going to start their adventure or whatever. No, motherfucker, they're just roommates. Yeah, she she was all grumpy waiting for her to, to get done. Uh, yeah, they're just roommates. Like, you could have showed, like, I don't know. It was just, like, it was one of those moments where, like, you could have showed them get to the bar all together and then her sit down and, like, be like, all right, you guys have fun, and then her her get hit on later, and then and then you find out, oh, the roommate's Sprite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Why le- am I writing the... Be- why am I writing a better <laughs> movie right now, Jane? Marvel needs to cut you a check. Yeah, because leading up to that, we see, um, like, the, the, the present day, it, it is Cersei late to work, and then you get to see Cersei interact with uh, Jon Snow, and there's literally no inkling of Sprite being in her life until, yeah... The, None! Yeah. They could have showed her, she could have like gotten up for work and like been like, oh, see you later at the bar. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, oh yeah, cool. And then you'd be like, oh, that's your roommate. Oh, it's Sprite. Yeah, you guys stuck together, but. Like instead, like it's it's like they try to do this like weird little, like this weird little funny like haha reveal, but it's like, no, it's there's no reveal. They, they know each other. Mm-hmm. They're here together. Like I get that she's disguised so she can be in a bar, which Honestly, they're in fucking London. I'm pretty sure kids just can just go to bars in London. I've never been, so I, I'm not sure. Like, I don't think it's that big a deal. I'm pretty sure their drinking age is pretty fucking young, actually. Um, but, uh, but yeah, fuck, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, so, so there's that, and then, so I was so pissed off at how they had just how jarring Sprite's story was that I didn't even, I couldn't even remember or notice. And my, my coworker was like, Oh no, she did. But I was like, I couldn't even remember. If she said she was sorry for stabbing her in the back. I don't think she did. I don't remember any reconciliation. And then, and there was a moment at the end of the movie when she, and, and, and um, my friend at work was like, Oh, but, but no, Cersei forgave her because she used the last bit of the, the power to make her human. And I was like, yeah, 
but then like there could have been a moment where she was like you know like thank like thank you like i'm so sorry i turned on you like i'm so sorry like like there could have been a moment where like they like like they like like clashed and came together like and had some sort of reconciliation and they just had none like when they're hugging for school she could have been like i'm sorry for stabbing you in the back and Cersei could have said it's okay i understand like i get it Mm -hmm. and like that would have been that would have been actually like meaningful and they didn't <laughs> no okay so one of, probably my most favorite part of the movie is when druid comes up with the rock knocks out sprite saves the day <laughs> amazing part but going back to cersei being cersei right she grants sprite her her, her uh, you know greatest desire of wanting to be able to to, to grow and experience life but in that moment i think cena should have took her head for for being a traitor because she was like she was on the other side trying to uh, you know uh, to keep the emergence uh you know going she straight up like maybe she's uh, stabbed uh, cersei in that spot to not be like a fatal wound because she could easily like slit her throat or something right because she, she snuck up on her mm-hmm. um but still that's pretty messed up to to do that to your your, your partner and it was like you know pretty damaging but i i, I don't think uh sprite got any punishment because because if you look at icarus right he 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 gave his own punishment he killed himself he went to the sun and with sprite and i'm like why were they and i was like it's because of cersei she was just so still so nice and caring and wanting to see everybody be happy she was like i have this last bit of power like let me use it to grant you your greatest desire not try to bring anybody back or try to do something else with it she's just like hey like i know you really want this like let me help you and that just pissed me off so much because she didn't because i don't think and maybe you could look at it some weird form of punishment right she's going to perish while the eternals go on um, they're going to outlive Sprite, but at the same time, I don't think Sprite deserved to get to, uh, you know, uh, achieve her greatest desire for being a fucking traitor. I feel like, like I said, I feel like Athena should have just chopped her head off and they could have moved on. You see, I, I had no issue with Sprite surviving. I had no issue with Sprite becoming human or any of that shit. The only issue I had was that there was no fucking verbal reconciliation. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was no emotional moment. There was mm-hmm. no coming together. I was just completely fucking robbed. Like, I'm like, of course, Cersei's going to fucking forgive her. She's the most forgiving character in the fucking movie. Yeah. Like, like, of course, Cersei, like, would care to make her human. She loves humans. Like, like. And, and Thena, I don't think is going to, unless, you know, the fucking Mad Weary takes her over. Thena ain't stepping out of line. Thena is a fucking soldier. Yeah. That bitch is that bitch is doing what she needs to do to protect her and her friends. And if the leader is saying this is sanctioned, then she ain't she ain't breaking rank. She ain't breaking rank. She's a fucking soldier. So uh like I, I, I get I get your your wish that Sprite would get get her comeuppance. And I don't think in and even though like she'll die now because she's human and the eternals will live on, like that isn't a comeuppance unless like she now has to like get a job and like you know become like a normal person who just like hates their life um like i guess that's a comeuppance in a way it's like sprite now has to like just like live a normal ordinary life and realize like oh shit like this might suck too but 
but at uh, least it ends <laughs> another thing they didn't even touch on this little kid where's she going who is she living with how is she gonna you know because obviously like you, you don't just go buy a house when you're 12 and go to school and i mean i'm guessing they're sending her off to some fucking fancy boarding school also you know what that bitch ain't gonna have to get a job you know kingo's gonna fucking provide a life for her as long as she needs money she's now the fucking shitty kid who gets to fucking you know go do like read poems in the fucking park all fucking day mm-hmm. and uh and i don't know follow her fucking follow her goddamn dreams lucky bitch but uh yeah but yeah i uh and all you had to do is betray your your best friend <laughs> yeah but i mean but it also i mean it made it made sense in the sense that they told you but it didn't make any sense in the sense that they showed you like they tell you she's in love with them of course she goes with them mm-hmm. of course she's going to try to help him like also if i mean I really don't know. Like there really isn't much of a point in fucking stopping Cersei. though, is the thing for Sprite at least because if, if Sprite were to stop Cersei and the emergence happens and they survive the emergence, she's just going to have her memory wiped and she's going to get sent to another planet to do this all over again. And she's going to stay locked in this system of, you know, destruction as a child. So it really doesn't make sense either way for her to do either of the thing. The thing that would have made the most sense was her to just go invisible and hope that nobody decides to kill her in the end for betraying him in the first place. Yeah. I just feel like she just got, but got off too clean. But, yeah, I mean, she definitely got off. She she got off easy as fuck. But of course, she got off easy because the person she stabbed is the nicest person in the movie. Okay, so jumping to like the very end, right? Um, obviously, uh, Jon Snow and Cersei are in the park. He's about to reveal his family history, right? I think he's gonna let her know, like, hey, the Black Knight runs in my family. Like, I'm up next. You know, Arsham shows up and summons, uh, which. It was uh, now that I'm thinking Cersei, Faustos, Faustus. and uh, we and think Kingo. Kingo, and he's just like, "Yo, like you stop the emergence, um, like we're gonna see if those lives that you saved are are worth it." Like, uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, I, I don't remember exactly what he says." But he's like, "He's like, I'll, I'll, I will return in judgment," but it doesn't really give like an exact time frame, and they get taken somewhere, right? Because they, they they disappear. And then it cuts to, to the ship where uh, Makari, Thena, and Druig are. And they're like, hey, like we haven't heard from the other people in weeks. Should we go back? And then that's when um, uh, Eros comes in. And you're just kind of like, wow, this is uh, pretty interesting. Because now it, it just leaves so many things open-ended, right? Like, where did the first three people go? Like, where did Arjun take them? How will the lives on Earth be judged? And who the hell is this arrows guy showing up? Obviously they're like, yeah, this is Thanos's brother. Um, and it's just, okay. There's now there's this new guy and he has like that orb, right. That you need to, to talk to the celestial. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how is he so just confidently just like kind of throwing it up in the air and not really, uh, you know, taking into account what they're about to go through, like serious at all. So now I'm just kind of like, like where, where does the story go from here? How important is the internals in the long run? Like, like what, what's the follow going to be going forward is like the, my biggest question. Cause I don't see 
how and I, I just don't see how like all of that played out on Earth, which is like monitored by you know Shield. Shield never showed up once, which was like fucking frustrating. Um, like how how did all this go down, and like where does it go next? Like how how does this affect the 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 the, the Captain Americas, the Doctor Stranges, the Spider Mans? Like where does this fall in place? Is what I'm trying to get at because I don't see it. Yeah, I really don't know. Um, I was gonna say, and that kind of brings. I've got two things left on my list. Okay. And one thing has to deal with one thing you just brought up and another thing has to do with another thing you just brought up. So I'll go with the good. Mm-hmm. There's one last thing in the good section, one last thing in the bad section. Okay. The good, the celestials looked cool. Yeah. Uh, they look badass. Cause, Cause even like, if you think back to, I can't remember which Thor movie it was, but we, you, you saw the glimpse of that one celestial through like that little portal. Um, uh, it was, uh, it was Thor. Um, I think it was was Thor two. No, no, no. It wasn't Thor two. It's uh, um, it's uh, Guardians. Was it? Am I tripping? Okay, uh, Guardians. Well, yeah, because it, it's, it's Guardians. When you meet the collector, the collector starts talking about the the stones, and you see the Soul Stone in a staff, mm-hmm. and a Celestial bangs it on the ground and just wipes out a planet. Yeah. So you you see that Celestial, and then you see the head of the Celestial that was cut off by yeah, the the nowhere. ebony. Yeah, uh, by the the ebony blade that the Black Knight wields, which is supposed that's to... what cuts that Celestial's head off. Yeah, it, it was cut off by the villain in the next Thor movie, Gore the God Butcher. So I'm just like, how does Black the Knight... Ebony Blade came? From... Oh wait, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, but but I'm t- but now I'm curious because like, okay, it's present day. Black Knight has the ebony blade, but uh, Gore the God Butcher, who's the villain in the next Thor movie, he's supposed to be wielding that sword. So. So I'm not sure how it's, or maybe in the movie, he's not going to have the sword yet. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to Yeah, I'm out. not sure. That's, that's interesting though. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, I thought the Celestials looked cool. I thought they looked really imposing. I liked the way they moved. I thought they had a cool, mm-hmm. a cool build to them and a cool, a cool believable look to them in size. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, on the subject of shield. Okay. Not getting mentioned in the movie this is this is the thing that makes me know that i didn't like this movie and i think it is bad is i would not have noticed this if the movie had satisfied me in any of the ways i've explained that it disappointed me this would have had to have been pointed out to me for me to have noticed this the fucking deviance how the fuck did they get around? Two of them could fly. Two of them, yeah. Two of them could fly. Were the other ones flying spirit? <laughs> spirit, yeah. They, they 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 hopped in the cargo and this motherfucker went from Alaska to London to the Amazon mm-hmm. to wherever the fuck the emergence was. And this movie took place over six fucking days. Damn. Now you're blowing my mind because I didn't even think about his his travel. Because, yeah, you're right. The the, the one that evolves. Because he can't fly. No. He can swim. But there's not water connecting everything. Yeah. No, you're right. And people have fucking phones. Yeah. And, and, and S.H.I.E.L.D. exists. That's, that's what I was going to bring up. S.H.I.E.L.D 
you know, uh, people who don't know what SHIELD stands for, Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, they monitor not only Earth, but even space at this point now for disturbances, unwelcome guests. So there's no, and, and even, not even with just the deviants, even with Tiamat popping up, how the fuck did they not show up at all? Because there's yeah. no way. Yeah. That shit was churning for a minute. Yeah. It's not like it was like 30 minutes or something. There was a long fight and, you know, volcanoes erupting. Obviously, if they're monitoring the Earth, if there's like irregular uh, stuff going on, they're going to pop out and be like, what's going on? What's causing this? Yeah. Like, how long was that volcano erupting? You know, some geologist, some shield geologist was probably on fucking site or some shit. But yeah, so that's my thing. Mm -hmm. I would have never fucking thought about that. I was in the shower. The morning after this movie. Okay. And I was like, how the fuck were the deviants getting around? They didn't have like, this isn't like some Godzilla hollow earth theory shit. Mm -hmm. Those motherfuckers were on foot. Yeah. No, you're blowing my mind. I, I didn't even think about that. And that's my thing is every Marvel movie takes into account the logistics of the hero and the logistics of the villain mm -hmm. and gives you an explanation of how they're getting places. Ultron could fly. Ultron could just move through the fucking wires. Yeah. The internet. Ultron just move through the fucking wires, make himself somewhere else. Thanos just boom, teleport. Yeah. But the deviants. Even fucking Black Widow, fucking Taskmaster is, you know, on a fucking, you know, Quinjet or some shit getting around. It's a pretty big like, hole. It's a huge fucking hole, and I would have never fucking noticed it. In the shower, the like shampooing the your hair. The movie didn't let me down so bad, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. All right. Wait, so what, was that on the bad, or is there still the bad coming up? That was all the bad. That was on the bad. That's that's that's, that's that all, all I got. Damn. That's all I got. And I legitimately think we might have gone through everything I thought about this fucking movie. No, and I, I wanted to, because for, for you to have uh, compiled a list... That's that shows. Yeah, like I, I, I was willing to, 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 do, to do that. But that's that's so bad. But at least. At, at least the, the, I feel like this is like the 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 silver lining, right? As bad as this movie was. There's, we can only go up from here, right? Think, think yeah. about think yeah. about the next movie. The next movie is yeah. next movie is going to be a banger. The movie can only be better than this. Yeah. There's no way it's going to be worse. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking about our next podcast. Spider-Man's the next one. Oh yeah, no. The, just think about yeah, no, the next, just think about how refreshing that's going to be. What's what's after Spider Man? Uh, so uh, this is going to be our, our biggest gap. So we get Spider Man next month. Uh, the next movie. So Spider Man's December. The next movie doesn't come out till May, which is Doctor Strange. It's a pretty big gap. For Damn. Us. Damn, and Doctor Strange is in the next two movies. That's wild. Yeah. Which I'm so excited for because obviously, like, Me too. shit's already opened up. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, hey, we endured the internals, but now we're about to be showered with greatness. Yeah. Yo, I'm trying to think. Did, uh, um, what if hadn't finished last time we talked at it? No, it had not. I think, we, dude, how'd you feel about that last episode? If I'm being honest, I haven't watched it yet. No shit. Yeah. I, 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 I can't lie to Is you. Is that the only one you haven't watched? Yes. Fuck, bro. So wait, party party Thor is the last one you watched. Was that the last one? Hold on, let me let me just double check. Um, because uh, I'm trying to think. 
because I haven't thought about that uh, since I like been putting it off. Let me get the episodes. Uh, oh, sure. I thought there was eight episodes. So no, I lied. The last one was uh, "What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark?" Oh shit! You haven't seen Party Thor, dude. I'm I'm lagging. So I'm I'm missing three episodes. Damn. I'll, I'll watch them and I'll I'll text. Wait, you what 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 are the three episodes that you haven't seen? I'm trying to think of what they are now. Uh, what if Thor were an only child? What if Ultron won? And what if the Watcher broke his oath? Oh, gotcha. Oh, dude. Yeah, because the uh, the next three, uh, uh, no spoilers, the next three are all connected. Oh, wow. Well, I, I guess I, I picked a good time to stop watching. Um, all right. No, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely I'll watch it this weekend and I'll, I'll shoot you a text and uh, yes, give you my thoughts. Yes, definitely text me. It's fucking, it's pretty fucking awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I appreciate the, the Eternals talk, but I obviously can't let you go without talking about music. Uh, mm-hmm. more recently uh, your band uh, Constraint you guys did a run with uh, Gates of Hell and Flashback uh, to Promcore I-, I was just curious if you can just uh, give a breakdown on how that was uh, for all of you um, so we so Constraint did a couple shows on the way to meeting up with Flashback with Gates to Hell um, we did Evansville We dude fuck so we played this bar in Evansville and the first thing the person running it says to us when we're walking, when we're loading in is you can smoke inside. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're like fucking awesome. Right, thank you. So I'm just sitting there. I was just immediately so bummed. I'm like, I'm like wondering like, do we even bring the merch inside? Like, you don't want to, is get it, it just going to, is it just going to make everything just just smell sick? Luckily everything smelled fine afterwards, but, uh, yeah, we played um, played Evansville with a couple of bands from from up there ish. Uh, have you heard that band Strict? No, I, I've uh, I, somebody brought them up earlier today, uh, which um, I, I have not. I'm not familiar. It's like kind of like like E Town ish, mm-hmm. like uh, Cold as Life kind of like worship, like like that kind of like ignorant like okay, uh, like ignorant '90s sort of uh, sort of sound. Um, like like e-town fury of five like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um prosser who played drums in uh inclination he plays drums in it now um but uh they played that show it was it was, it was cool enough um some dude in uh digital camo pants one of the security guards bought a constraint shirt before we even played and i was like i'm gonna say some shit this guy might not agree with tonight. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna want a refund uh, sir but, uh, can i get my refund but uh but no it was it was it was cool he didn't try to return his shirt even though i said a bunch of you know commie commie shit on the, on the mic um and uh so uh evansville was cool we played i want to say des moines was next played des moines with this band dose um which uh it's like some kids it's a kid from the fargo area with a few uh kids from des moines it was mm-hmm. like a basement show it was like a real like dirty like punk basement show um the basement wasn't dirty but like it was like just like a really like sweaty show i pulled the mic cable out um dozens of times while we were playing because i just can't stop moving even if i only have four feet to move um i uh um but that dose man was sick. Like I was, I was trying to help hold like a drainage pipe shut 
like like stable while they played like because there was like a drainage pipe like right in the middle of where kids were moshing and i was like trying to like brace myself against it me and this other kid were trying to make sure nobody knocked it and my friend drew spin kicked it and it popped and like came loose and water dripped on my hand oh. and i immediately was just fucking out i was fucking out that's enough I, I walked i like put my hands up i just walked upstairs and just started scrubbing my arms in the sink um but uh but yeah that show was sick that dose man was cool um you know it's just basement show so it was like like apparently kids were like moshing in the very back of the 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 basement because you kind of couldn't mosh right up front um which was you know cool and fun and it was it was it was all right i uh i took the ldb like a little bit of the ldb distro on the tour with me and was able to sell like some records here and there which was cool i don't think like I don't think I had to spend any of my own money while on tour because I was able to kind of like feed myself off the shit that LDB was making mm-hmm. and any of the stuff I wanted to buy. Like I spent a bunch of money on records in Milwaukee. I was able to, I think I was able to get through the whole tour without really spending any of my own personal money, but I did spend like almost everything I made of LDB. So whatever though, it all comes out of my pocket in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, next we played, uh, played Minneapolis. That was when we met up with Flashback. We played with End on End up there. Um, End on End was supposed to play our Des Moines show, but uh, Sam from End on End dislocated his knee Jeez. at like an anxious show because he plays an anxious now. Um, so, but they still played our uh, our Minneapolis show. It was really cool. It was at this cool little record shop. Um, but yeah, we met up with Flashback there. Dude, it was fucked. Like, so we, so we play Evansville. We drive overnight to Des Moines. We had a hotel in Des Moines because Seth, our drummer, um, their their partner has uh, like she works at like Hilton, like mm-hmm. as like a like she like does like laundry and like you know like odd jobs at Hilton. So uh, she gets like a like a company discount. That's so nice. she was able to get us like a discount on a hotel. So we drove overnight to Des Moines, stayed the night in Des Moines, or we drove overnight to Des Moines, stayed the morning in Des Moines, played Des Moines, stayed the night in Des Moines. We got up early. We got up early the next day, and we like we hit the skate park in Des Moines, which was sick. That was probably one of the best skate parks I've ever been to. Um, and we spent like, dude. So we, I was I was the only one who brought my board on tour, mm-hmm. and I was uh, so we were like me and Ryan and uh, the drummer for Gates, um, Evan. Who played drums in my uh, old metal band, Sons of Southern Darkness? Um, um, we were all like trading my board off, and uh, and then they like, then me and Evan were just trading the board off, and everybody else like went for a walk, and then they texted Evan. They were like, "Yo, we're we're taking Gates like band pictures." So I was like, "Well, I don't care. Constraint doesn't take band pictures, so I don't fucking care to go. So I'm just gonna keep skating." Mm-hmm. So I expected them to be gone for like 30 minutes. They were gone for like an hour and a half. And I was just, just kept skating because I was there. I hadn't skated like me and Trey, the the youngest Garris brother, me and him skated like a few months ago, like maybe four months ago. And I just got so fucking busy with like inclination and, and all the summer shit that was going on and work and just, just didn't have time to uh, to skate for a while. So I hadn't skated in like a month. So I was like having to relearn everything. And man, after like an hour of skating, waiting for those motherfuckers to get back, I didn't have my phone on me. I didn't have anything on me. I was like, 
man, I really wish they would come back right now because I'm <laughs> miserable at the park. Like I just kept falling and like I couldn't land anything. And I was just like, I just feel just felt so fucking old and fat and like just sluggish and gross. And just like, I just couldn't like make anything happen. And then they all came back and I was like in the middle of trying to trick. And then they all kind of, we started trading back off and I started feeling it again. Cause I wasn't just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. I was able to actually rest. And, um, we all landed some tricks that we could kind of be happy with. And, uh, it was like in my head successful, but because I hadn't skated in so long, I knew my legs were about to be fucked up. Cause then I got in the van and we drove to the mall of America. We rode some roller coasters. Then we went and played the show in Minneapolis and I moshed in Minneapolis. And then we left Minneapolis to drive overnight to Milwaukee. Um, so we've played Evansville, Des Moines, Minneapolis, and now we're on our way to Milwaukee and we've only really slept once. Oh, wow. In Des Moines. Yeah. So we drive overnight to Milwaukee. I mean, I guess this is what tour is as an adult when you can only take, you know, six to seven days off to tour and you want to play as many shows as possible. Like, this is what I'm guessing I have to do for if I ever want to tour now. Um, so we drive overnight to Milwaukee. We, uh, crash in the morning with, uh, the low end, uh, guys at their house. Um, and, uh, get up, you know, hang around Milwaukee, go for a hike and shit, which was cool. Um, uh, dude, I fucking, I picked up this piece of driftwood while we were walking on the lake. There was like a, a piece of like bark. It was like, it was, uh, like perfectly like a cylinder of bark like the wood had like i guess like shrunken and like slid out of it mm-hmm. so it was like there was no wood it was just the bark like a ring of bark and it was like a like a tube like as long as a paper towel roll and i picked it up and i like yelled through it at seth and immediately some guy was like sir that's mine <laughs> This guy what? was like eight feet away, like yelled at me for picking this thing up off the ground. And I was like, and I, I was so caught off guard. I just said, oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to yell at my friend for it. That's great. That's kind of, I, I, I would feel embarrassed. <laughs> you know, just... I was so embarrassed. And everybody was like, you should have chucked that shit in the lake. But I was just so caught off guard, and I just—I only knew I only knew to respond to just tell him what I was doing with it. Yeah, which was so stupid. But uh, so that was that was cool. We uh we played the Milwaukee show. Um, uh, that band World I Hate played. I don't mm. know if you've heard. Yeah, I, I, I see some stuff floating around. Um, yeah, they they played. I really like them. I'm putting out their their seven inch form. Um, and we played with, oh my God, I'm blanking on the band name, but they were fucking sick. Um, God damn. I can't remember. I like seeing the band name. I thought it was gonna be like a metalcore band. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, kind of like a frantic, like punk. It was like kind of like frantic punk, but at the same time, it like kind of sounded like a little bit like, like kind of like darker metally kind of stuff. It's sort of like a mix of like, uh, like a nosebleed or like like nosebleed with like um like some japanese shit like discharge like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um or like you know like it's discharged from uk but like like that kind of like you know like 
stuff that like would have inspired integrity, but also it was like real punk and like dirty. Um, but that uh, band, I can't remember the name of it right now. They played and our, my friend Amelia's band, new band reality check. They played like a little surprise set. I've listened to that um, band before. Yeah. They're sick. Yeah. Uh, uh, like scrolling, scrolling through Twitter that I like came across like their like band camp. So I, I checked them out. Yeah, they were cool. They were sick. It's uh, it's kids who have like played in a bunch of bands for like a really long time, and it seems like they're all kind of in a band right now that like kids are paying attention to, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I like Milwaukee a lot, and I always have a lot of fun uh, anytime I'm there. Um, but yeah, so Milwaukee was cool. Um, I think the constraints set from that show. Well, I, I know the constraints. That whole show is like on YouTube somewhere. Um, it was at this kid JJ's house. Um, it's it's funny. It's, it's like the venue is JJ's Bar and Grill, mm-hmm. but it's just his parents' basement. But they just put JJ's Bar and Grill so that like cops don't pick up. The, yeah. It's just like it a residential ha- house. Yeah. They don't come and try to shut it down. Which is very sick and very funny. And I'm like, wish I would have done that when I had my house. Sh- like they did shows all the time. I wish we had come up with like, we just called it the Chestnut House, which was probably not the best name for, mm-hmm. for, uh, for it. And we just put the address on flyers, which is probably not smart. But in the... Uh, when it ended up with like you know 200 people showing up the house it was smart because we would end up with like 150 kids at foundation there but uh but yeah we played milwaukee and then we played springfield illinois which was pretty sick um it was probably one of the wilder uh sets of the tour that discourage band from california mm-hmm. i i know um, they played that show um because they were like out there for prom core too. So they like flew in and like played a few shows around that area. Um, so they played, it's funny. They, uh, they covered minor threat and, um, and it was sick. And then at prom core, they covered it, but they totally left out a section of the song when they played it at prom core on purpose. Or did they just forget? They just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so bad. Cause I was like, Everybody just like kept singing. Everybody was like singing along, and then everyone kind of realized they're like, "Wait a second, they're just not playing that part right now." They've skipped, and then everybody just kind of adjusted what they were singing along to and sang along to the the part they were playing. But it was really funny. Um, but they they played a really sick set in uh, in Springfield, and they were cool. It was, it was cool meeting those guys. Um, and then we played Louisville, but so we woke up in Milwaukee, Springfield. Drove overnight to Louisville, slept in the morning in Louisville, mm-hmm. played Louisville. We had to drive overnight to Tulsa. So, like, from the time we left Louisville, we slept in Des Moines, Milwaukee, and then we didn't get another full night's sleep until the Friday night in Tulsa. That's crazy. So I was I was gone for like seven, seven or eight days. And I really I think I only slept like maybe four times while we were while we were gone. I would feel like I'd be really grumpy and not want to Dude. talk to anybody. Dude, I like I had I, I, I did pretty good where I would when I when I felt like I was like kind of like gonna lose it on somebody or I was gonna like be a fucking prick. Mm-hmm. I kind of just like like w- I was feeling really, really prickish when uh, when we went to the skate park. Like I, was, I, I felt like I was in a pretty shitty mood when we woke up in Des Moines that day and uh, spending all that time like solitude skating, even though I was miserable and I was waiting for them to rescue me from it. Like I was, uh, 
I feel like I, I kind of cut myself away from everybody and got like some space when I needed it. But, uh, but yeah, that was the first time I think in a while that I'd been in a situation on tour where I was like, fuck, I like, I need my solitude. Cause I, I get so much of it at work. Like, mm. cause I'm always working at work. I'm by myself most of the time. So like I'll go hours without talking to anybody. And, um, it was really weird being back in that situation of being like constantly around somebody and constantly around people who like want to talk and like hang out. And it was very, very odd getting back used to that. Cause even like, even when me and Isaac spent that entire week together in Chicago recording the inclination LP, um, like I still like, I took naps and I would like go for a walk and I would like work out while he was like fucking around in the studio recording his tracks. And then like, I still got like my alone time, when we were even though me and him were together all day every day like i still like got some some space from him um so i don't know it was, it, was, it, was, it was weird being on tour again it really felt like very strange being back on the road playing a bunch of shows in a row so i kind of forgot how you get in that weird groove on tour where like everything like feels you know feels cool and like doesn't feel like you're uh like, does it, I don't feel stressed out playing on tour. I get really nervous sometimes playing just like shows, mm-hmm. but playing on tour, I hardly ever get nervous because it's just kind of just another night. Yeah. Um, where I think I put a little bit too much stress on just like a single show where I'm like, oh God, like, um, like my new band, we haven't recorded yet, but my new band is playing with uh, Koyo uh, in, in a couple weeks mm-hmm. in Louisville. And I'm super nervous about that um, because I'm like actually singing in this band and not screaming, which is a fucking departure from anything I'm used to doing. Um, but I'm super nervous about that because it's like our only show. It's our first show. And I'm like, fuck, I forgot what a first show feels like. Like, like it's been so long since I played a first show. Um, so I'm a, I'm interested. And it's also going to be weird playing a first show where like nobody even knows what it is. Yeah. It's just seems like hopefully people show up and get to experience it all together for the first time. Yeah. Like ho- hopefully uh, it's been a little spotty lately in Louisville. Like kids haven't been showing up exactly on time for shows. Like two witnesses played with, uh, played that pain of truth, uh, standstill age of apocalypse tour. I watched that, um, that live set. Which one? Uh, it was in the flora. Was it? I think that's what's called. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- which, which, which set the standstill set? No, I, I watched the two witnesses. No, the two witnesses one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those things where like, like 10 minutes before they played, we were like, fuck is nobody showing up? And then luckily, like, as they were like about to play, like everybody kind of got there and mm-hmm. while they were playing, even more kids got there. So it was like, fuck, like, I really hope kids don't start showing up fucking late as fuck to shows again. Like they used to, um, we start them late. It's, we start them late enough already. Everybody should be able to fucking make it. But, um, but yeah, that show, dude. Wait, do you see the fucking the video for Pain of Truth? Is fucking wild. It was a fucking dumb, dumb night. That's awesome. It got it got real stupid during yeah. Pain of Truth. And Age I, of Apocalypse was very sick too. Yeah, I I, I was fortunate enough to, to to catch those bands in Wilkesbury a couple weeks ago. Yeah, how so. was that shit? It was awesome. Like, honestly, like uh, just being uh, somewhere, uh, you know, new to me uh, and just getting to meet like a lot of people that have been on the podcast and and meeting people who actually listen to the podcast that I didn't even know I cared. Um, it, it was a really great experience. Uh, shout out to my boy, Nate Prosciutti from Choice to Make, 
who uh, you know put it on him. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they're, they're sick. But yeah, him and TK and Matt Rand, they all uh, worked hard to, to to put that thing together, and it, it was a great time. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, go, I'll, I'll definitely be back there next year for it. So great time. Did you say? Did you say Matt Rand? Yeah. Oh, you met Matt Rand. Oh yeah, Matt uh, and I, I. I don't like to talk about it. Uh, Probably too much, but yeah, Matt and I are, are, are friends. Shout out Dark Medicine. Yeah, I, I love I've known, it. I've known Matt for so long. I, I remember he used to. Uh, I met him when he used to roadie for. Uh, well, he roadie did slash did merch. He used to ride around with Title Fight all the time mm-hmm. back in the day. Right? Yeah, and that's when I met Matt. I like Matt a lot. He, he's he's he, he was he was so good to me, like like way more than I ever like expected him to be. Uh, so like yeah, he, he's an awesome guy. I I I love Matt. He used to try to get my old band another mistake in uh, in Wilkes-Barre all the time, but we just either when we we could come, mm-hmm. he didn't have a venue, or when he did have a venue, was like when we were like either like just too fucked up with like work, or I was too fucked up physically to be able to play. Um, but yeah, Matt's Matt's a fucking solid guy. That's awesome. I, I saw your your recap thing on your on your on your feed or whatever, and I was like, you know what? I was playing promcore that weekend, and I remember when I got so mad. Cause I, I saw that announcement and I'm kind of, I'm so I'm, I'm not glad I didn't go, but at least it softened the blow when one, I found out one up dropped. Mm-hmm. Cause I really love one up. I'm like one of the few people who really fucking loves one up. Um, I, my buddy from like Wilkesbury, like Scranton uh, area, um, my friend Nate, he like turned me on to one up when I was like a kid. And uh, when I saw they were playing, I was like, fuck, I was like, and then also like um, my friend Andrew, our, our friend, our friend Andrew was getting married mm-hmm. that weekend too. Yeah. And uh, I ended up having to like call him and be like, yo man, or I like, text him. I was like, yo, I'm so sorry. We can't make it to your fucking wedding. I'm on tour. And, uh, but when I saw that, that Fesca announced, I was like, holy shit, maybe I'll just drive up and go to that. And then like within like six hours of me, like having that thought, I was like, fuck i'm on tour at the same time i'm gonna be playing fucking prom court i was so sad i couldn't go to it but yeah i saw your fucking recap and i was like i'm not even gonna listen to that because it's just gonna make me mad that i couldn't go mm-hmm. <laughs> but damn yeah it was, it was a great time i i, I love wilkesbury and i i can't wait to be back that's awesome i'm uh i'm sad our that record release isn't gonna be there it's in some like other area of pa mm-hmm. yeah i'm inclination plays this month uh, apparently it's like yeah like the first time that a show's happening at that spot, wherever it is, yeah, it's probably gonna be the last time. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty crazy. Yeah, it's. I hope. I hope it's crazy. I'm. I'm excited. I don't know if we're even gonna get to practice before it because I don't think. I don't know if Chris is gonna be able to come down to practice for it. Mm-hmm. I also. I don't know. Chris might not even be playing that show. Seth might be playing that show. I have no idea. Okay. I like. They. They. They rarely tell me what's going on with inclination because I can't be in a group chat. Yeah, I was gonna say, oh yeah, because of your phone, not because uh, anything else, but yeah, yeah, because of your phone. Um, yeah, <laughs> they they won't. Say, even though I think I can be in group chats, but fuck, I shouldn't say that right now because I don't want anybody to add me to one because it would probably just kill my phone's battery. But I think this phone might be able to work with a group chat. But I'm gonna be a green text, and people hopefully hate that enough that they won't add me to a group te- a group chat. That's why I'm not in any group chats because I'm a green text. Fuck yeah, dude! It's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's totally fine. They're, they're, yeah, it's, it's always chaotic and uh, it's weird. But um, okay, well, yeah, that, that, that was awesome to, to be able to hear about uh, constraint. Um, any new? Oh, but yeah. Well, fucking promcore though. Prom oh yeah, Core was cool. yeah. Let, let, let's talk um, about promcore. Promcore was cool. Um, 
I got to see a bunch of bands that I was uh, that Mind's Eye band. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited to see that band. It was cool seeing them. Um, that was my first time seeing Fixation and Chemical Fix. And then they played that Louisville show with Two Witnesses because mm-hmm. that that was two tours colliding. It was that Pain of Truth tour with the Chemical Fix uh, Fixation tour. Um, that was sick. Um, they were both really cool. Um, have you heard Ballista from Texas? I've seen the name, but I've never listened to him. Fuck, dude. It was so the way it was was like there was bands playing on the stage, bands playing on the floor, mm-hmm. and like bands, you know, bouncing back and forth. And like, uh, like Fixation Chemical Fix played on the floor, Gum played on the floor. They were sick. Mind's Eye played on the floor. They were sick. Um, but uh, Ballista from Texas, they were the craziest floor set. It was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. It was the most kids. It was probably the most kids moshing at a single time at the fest. That's was wild. during during ballista in Texas. Like like a kid, a kid from Texas, like passed away like right before the fest. Mm-hmm. So like Texas like rolled out and like represented for this kid who passed away, who was like apparently like a crazy mosher. Um, so kids were just going absolutely berserk like for all the texas fans like they were all going off for each other super hard and then i think another kid passed away while they were all at prom core oh wow like some other kid that they all knew like passed away so it was like fucked up dude like texas kids are just dropping like flies it's so sad um but yeah it was it was all the texas fans play really good um i'm trying to think right now um sanity slip was another one that was that was cool that i hadn't heard before um gates had a pretty cool set they're the ones who fucking set up the pumpkins that mm-hmm. i saw eventually that. got absolutely demolished during purgatory um karma had a good set um purgatory had a pretty fucking crazy set all things fucking considered like it was it was nuts like kids were like especially when the pumpkins started getting thrown it was just fucking mayhem it was goddamn animal house for a second and then it wasn't cool very suddenly when some motherfucker threw a full trash can into the pit. Oh. And you could just feel just the the whole room just throw up their arms in unison. Like like what the fuck, man? Um, but yeah, so that's that sucked because it was a it was a very fucking awesome set for them. Um, and I hadn't seen them in a while. They played really well and they got a fucking crazy reaction. And then the second that garbage can hit the ground, just they still had like maybe 30 or 40 seconds of a song left. And they may as well have just stopped as soon as the guitar or as soon as that garbage can hit the ground. Yeah. Because it was just, it was dead. The room was shot at that point. And then, and Zulu still had to play. So like, it was just like for that to be like the, the last thing that happened before Zulu played. But Zulu was sick. It was fun. It definitely felt like it, you could definitely feel like how tired everybody was and how long everybody had been there but everybody was like no zulu's still gonna have a good set Mm -hmm. like you could feel like you could feel that like there were kids who were like only there for zulu and then there was a bunch of kids who were just totally fucking dead from the day that were like no zulu deserves a full pit (laughs) so like it was it was it felt very sick it was really it, you could definitely feel everybody like nobody's trying to hurt each other during Zulu. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was just really, really fun and really wild. 
Um, but that was my first time seeing them and Scal and fucking Scal, dude. Great, dude. They're blowing up. That band's awesome. I, I, I love that band. Fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Scal is super fucking sick. I uh, when Jim was living out in Oakland, he got he became friends with that Malachi dude, mm-hmm. and I was like. I was like, okay, well, I know, I know Malachi knows Jim, so I'm going to definitely find him and like talk to him at some point. And, uh, I like found him and like talked to him and like introduced myself to him and like told him, I was like, yo, I was like, we both know Jim Barron. And he was like, like, oh, Jim. He's like, I love Jim. So we started talking. And then, uh, a little later, whenever I was like trying to like say my goodbyes and leave that night, um, even though like, like they were going to be there the next day, like I ran into Malachi again and I think he like had a little bit to drink and he started talking to me we were talking for like maybe like 10 minutes and i was like this motherfucker is going to talk to me for an hour if i don't yeah you gotta let him know like hey i was was like my band is absolutely waiting on just me right now i'll see you tomorrow dude Mm -hmm. and i like had to like break off the conversation he's a fucking awesome dude and i I was really i was really nice it was really nice to meet all those people um but uh i'm trying to think of strangle you had a crazy set um there was a fight during strangle you with uh um fucking uh jacob uh jacob who played in peace of mind who plays guitar in strangle you but he wasn't playing on the tour because he wasn't on the tour he was home so like they had a fill-in so he was moshing for strangle you and got in a fight during his his own band that's interesting which was fucking funny um uh so that was that was fun but i'm on, on the topic of strangle you uh i had on their bass player yesterday and i, I was uh, curious oh, really? yeah I, I was just curious about the record do you have any news about the record because uh um I'm, I'm just curious i still am waiting on jacob to send me the music um so dude vinyl's so fucked up right now mm-hmm. so it used to be it used to be if i uh if i put in an order form for to start a project and i got the down payment in it would be maybe two two and a half months before the, they would even start the project for real mm-hmm. because of how backlogged they are so um i put in that strangle you order form in like march maybe they still haven't asked for music jeez yeah so i have no idea i was hoping they would have records by uh by because we're doing that tour with them in january mm-hmm. i was hoping they would have records by january there's no fucking way um i, I like i put in that world i hate uh seven inch uh order like i started that project like maybe two months before strangle you i still don't have those records um and i've even okayed those test presses so yeah. I, I really don't know what's going on with uh with vinyl right now it doesn't make any sense with the plant that we press through like what's getting done at what pace and what's not like we've got um a repress in for victory garden and i went ahead and pressed more koyo records because i think we only have like four left um and i know they're gonna need them soon because they're gonna be everywhere yeah they're getting bigger Uh, and uh and i want to i want to be able to give them more records to sell um so we're uh but I'm like I, I re- put it in those represses, and I'm, I'm and I put in the perfect world repress and an inclination repress because we only have like I think like four inclination records left too. Um, and I got the perfect world and inclination repress, and I want to say I put in 
the inclination one after I put in the Koyo one mm-hmm. and yeah, still waiting. It's just, so like, it's just I, a toss I, up of like what's going to show yeah, up. It's just total fucking toss up. But yeah, so I mean, hopefully like I think next summer, next summer Strangle You should definitely be out. Like, I don't think it'll be out by the time the fest happens, which sucks, but mm-hmm. what can you fucking do? Yeah, not much. But I was curious because I'm a fan of the band. I was, uh, uh, you know, came in and Luke, those are my friends. So I, I was just curious and just wanted to give an update. Oh, yeah. And uh, Perfect World played Concord too. And that was my first time actually getting to see them or meet any of them in person because I still had never met Chad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just talked to him on the phone a bunch. And um, it was cool. Great band. I, 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 they were I, fucking I love awesome, them. dude. They sounded awesome. It did suck. Like, one of the things like so like the attendance wasn't like amazing for the fest Mm -hmm. and because the attendance wasn't like amazing there was a point in time in the days where you could feel that everybody got hungry and there were definitely bands that like suffered because a lot of people were literally out to lunch yeah so so like yeah so that was kind of a bummer um say the constraint set was was cool um constraint did a thing on the tour that i just i thought would go over and it just never did we opened with a biohazard intro but we didn't do punishment we opened with the first song off the first biohazard record Mm -hmm. uh retribution we played like the first half of it and i kept thinking like oh like you know this isn't going over on tour but at least it'll go over on the fest like like Kids know this record. Nobody knows that record. <laughs> that is strange. So, Maybe, that was kind of a bummer. There's just I don't a, think any, there's a lack of uh, people listening to Biohazard these days, or which is like, I think just covers just don't work anymore. I just don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think because uh, even at uh, uh, the SWB, there were some covers. Um, I, I think the one that went over the or went over well the, the most was when. Uh, Last Straw covered um, an old Wilkesbury band, Frostbite. Uh, oh, dude, I love Frostbite. Yeah, kids were going nuts. Um, but like you know, th- there was like I, I think somebody uh, somebody else covered uh, like Righteous Jams. Uh, you know, some kids went off, but not n- n- the whole room didn't really care that much. But yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Like covers are so weird because like sometimes it's like these songs are fucking awesome. You think they're gonna go over well, but it, sometimes it just misses, goes over people's heads. Yeah, it's fucking weird. I. uh yeah, I just I thought it was I was like I was like oh this is like kind of a deep cut but like kids will kids will know it and, and re- even if they don't know it like it's a hard intro like kids will mosh and like mm-hmm. there were times on tour where literally nobody moshed until we started playing our own song and I was like this is fucking crazy if you had told my ass when I was like 19 years old doing my first bands that there would be a point in time where I'd be in a band on tour and I'd cover Biohazard and no one would move. And then we'd play our own songs and kids would move. I would have thought you were full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Strange times, but I guess it's kind of cool that at least the people paid attention enough to, you know, listen to your music. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that is cool. But God damn, dude, I just, I remember like, and also, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where like constraint isn't like really a band that people really know that well yet. And I don't know how much people even talk about things like that, but you used to know, you used to know what bands some bands covered. Yeah, they're no like they get knew, known for. Doing yeah, covers. some bands would be known for doing certain covers, and uh, and that was, and I just I just don't think that's that's just not a thing anymore. 
which is just so crazy. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it because uh, they probably have that fear of like, what if this does go over people's head? We just wasted some time. Yeah, yeah, we wasted some time. And that's the thing was like, I, uh, with covers with my, uh, my new band, um, uh, Matt, our guitar player, is like, we're not doing, he's like, he won't learn a cover if it's over three minutes. Okay, that's, well, for, for, for that type of music, that might be kind of hard to find like yeah, a good song like, yeah exactly so like we're uh we're doing a breeders cover at our first show and um and it's like two and a half minutes and it's like it's just funny like when i was like when me and him were like talking about like covers to do so we we're trying to figure out like like covers because i think we're gonna whenever we record our record we record a cover um i'm not sure if we'll do that breeder song or or not we probably will but uh but we uh we were like i would like suggest something like over three minutes not doing it <laughs> i'm like I, but i can kind of understand so you don't want to lock yourself into playing a song that isn't going over for fucking you know three and a half minutes like, yeah because you start could like kill the vibe and people are like what yeah, was there's it? no abort button mm -hmm. during during a live set there's no this isn't working let's just stop which honestly, if I ever saw a band do that, I would have mad respect for that shit. That's that'd be rough. Go, it'd be a hard image to erase because I feel like that that would be you could get known for that. You know, this yeah. this band just gave up and got over it. Just gave up. Just skipped. We just hit skip. Yeah, we hit boop. Next song. Let's go. That'd be. I've never seen that, so that would be crazy to witness live. That shit would be absolutely insane. Okay. Um any inclination news it's been a minute i <sighs> say so just uh we are getting guest spots done right now for the record mm -hmm. um i've yet to schedule gang vocals for it which is totally on me and that's a oopsie um but uh but yeah uh getting artwork worked on i don't know it might be out early next year i'm hoping okay uh, that's that's what i'm thinking i don't think it's going to be it's it's not going to be this year um but hopefully hopefully early next year like spring ish hopefully fingers fucking crossed i'm really excited because I, I i got i got back a mix to hear what a couple of the songs sound like with the guest spots on them and uh i hadn't listened to it i don't think i'd listened to it since the first mix mix we got mm -hmm. um it's good. I like it. <laughs> I was like, I was listening to it again. I was like, oh, these are good songs. You wrote good songs. This is cool. That's awesome. I really kind of, I forgot, I forgot that I liked them so much. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited for whenever we get to play them. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing the new record. Uh, whenever that does come, definitely looking forward to checking that out. I'm definitely a fan of uh, Inclination. Uh, but Tyler, this has been super awesome i i always look forward to these uh you know i, I had some people come up to me at uh, in wilkesbury and they're like hey i don't know anything about the mcu so i listen to your podcast with tyler and i use things that you guys say as talking points when i'm talking to people in my normal life that know about it and i was like oh that's crazy you know that, that's so funny yeah i'm like that's okay i'm like because i was like tyler and i just do it because we love it so the fact that people are out here actually listening paying attention and uh people like it i i, I think that's really awesome and super cool that's really funny. I love that. Okay. Uh, but obviously, like, uh, 
been here for almost uh, three hours at this point, but I'm. Is there anything Are else? Are you serious? We've been talking that long. Almost, yeah. Holy shit! Uh, but before Oops. we go, uh, no, it's all good. I'm before we go. Is there <laughs> is there anything else you would like to say before we say goodbye? Uh, man, just I, I, I just everybody just keep going to shows and show up on time. All right, mosh, mosh, mosh for your friends' bands. Mosh for your friends' bands. Learn the lyrics to your friends' bands. Mm-hmm. Go off. Make it crazy. Hundred percent. All right. Uh, thank you again, Tyler. This definitely means a lot to me. Uh, thank you for everybody who tuned in. Uh, we'll be back uh, mid-December with our, uh, you know, uh, conversation about uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs>